0: looking for a great place to start your career? Start with the city of Norfolk, Virginia. You'll earn competitive pay, outstanding benefits, and a $5,000 sign-on bonus. Start your career today at norfolk.gov slash coastal VA jobs. Restrictions apply.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We are live from C2CRadioShow.com and on Spreaker.com and replaying over on BeyondRingside.com as well. It's Raw After Mania. It's the quietest Raw After Mania you're ever going to witness, but it's definitely Raw After Mania. WrestleMania 36, two-week, excuse me, two-day, two weeks. Could you imagine that? Holy crap. <laughs> two-day extravaganza. Um, we're going to talk all about it, talk about what we liked, what we hated, um, what we were questioning, all that kind of stuff. Of course, the triple threat is here. We got myself, Stan Grubb, my tag team partner, Brian Taylor. Uh, what's up, what's up? And Rob Hefner will be joining us just as soon as possible. He's Hi, He's a little bit behind. Oh, <laughs> oh wait a minute. I'll, I'll play the part of Rob till he gets here. Hi, fellas. <laughs> Hello, Rob. <laughs> oh, Brian, uh, it, you know, it has been a crazy few weeks. We would have broadcasted live, but just like you said in the, uh, in the old group chat here, yes, uh, a lot of cleaning being done around here at Casa de Grub. But COVID-19 can kiss my ass i hate this shit i just want to say that up front <laughs> i'm the person i'm the guy breaking the fcc rule i got it whatever i hate this crap but i
2: wouldn't tell it to come kiss your ass or it might find you
1: you're probably right i'm probably now i'm tempting fate I that. Oh, i'm that. i not telling you haha oh, nice try
2: they already know anyway
1: just <laughs> they're probably outside
2: Considering we can play seven degrees of stand grub with you and Corona,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately,
2: and I can connect in two moves.
1: <laughs> that damn, damn scary, scary day yesterday. That you know, Brian, I I don't have any trouble admitting it's damn depressing to have something like that happen. It's just scare you, you know. There's we're all good. First off, let me just clarify: everybody here is okay. Everybody's healthy, um, but because of the The scare of it, the fear of it—it's—it's overwhelming, dude. Like walking around the house, envisioning like, "Oh God, this was touched. This was touched. This needs cleaned. This needs washed." What do we do about this? Oh crap! We were near your parent. We were near the. It—it—it's like a damn. uh, What do they call it? Butterfly effect, ripple effect. Drop a pebble in the water, and it just spreads out you got no idea how far it it goes. And all this because some bonehead didn't want to think. That's the best way I can word it. Um, And I'm trying my best to be as nice as possible about that because it's very frustrating. Nobody's wanting to cause problems. It's not like that, but it's it's aggravating. It really is. Um, But, yeah, everybody's okay. Everybody's good. Um, We are taking... Precautions as best we possibly can to, uh, you know, keep things clean, but also to keep things safe. So no worries on that end. But yeah, damn scary yesterday. I didn't even really get to enjoy Night 2 except for what I think was my favorite part of Night 2. And I can't wait to talk about it. It's the Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah. It was, I mean, so people have been thanking Matt Hardy all weekend long. For good reason, because the ultimate deletion, um, the total deletion, was there any other, the final deletion, there we go, couldn't think Mm -hmm. of the other deletions, but all of those matches, those cinematic wrestling and fights have brought us to this age now where we can look at things like the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker, and the Firefly Funhouse match between The Fiend and John Cena um, two very, very different approaches, but two very entertaining approaches and two things that, uh, Brian, I think you would agree in the corner to corner chat as well. Um, the most talked about parts of WrestleMania.
3: Um,
2: yeah, I would say that. Uh, it seems like that was the part that everybody loved or enjoyed more than anything else. I
1: mean... You, the two of them. I, I think as far as positivity, definitely the most positive parts.
2: Uh, well, definitely the most... cinematic. I mean, the first one, Taker and AJ, it really reminded me of, like... A horror movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did.
2: I mean, it just had that... It had that vibe to it. Yeah. And then, um uh the second one was just so so out there it, it made it enjoyable
1: I mean I never thought we would actually see the day where John cena is part of the nwo <laughs> yeah
2: uh, revisionist history
1: <laughs> Rob rob joins us the mighty hefner is here and upon us rob how are you man All right, how are you uh, living the dream, uh, whatever kind of dream that is. It's a world where we can see John Cena, known as Johnny Large Meat. <laughs> that <laughs> what was just
4: th- weird. That what did you think of
1: that whole just, thing, Rob? You said weird.
4: It was just out there. It was it was funny. It was weird. It was just like, what am I watching?
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: But then, could that have segment? Could the Firefly Funhouse segment? Been pulled off any other WrestleMania, except the WrestleMania no one was at. Uh, no, because you, know, you you would you couldn't have gotten the ring stuff. You know they couldn't have gotten the whole cage and the videos and all that if it hadn't been. So I mean, this one for the ages, definitely.
1: I don't know about you guys, but I definitely popped off the couch when they did the Saturday night's main event segment for that match like you know like the, the complete with saturday night's main event promo song in the intro video and then you had bray in his uh i guess it's his bodybuilder face <laughs> T- yeah. with the barbells you know your dumbbells going oh, way too no. fast tonight yeah
2: I just can't wait for 15 years down the road, getting in an argument with some person that's trying to tell me Cena what was NWO, <laughs> and wants to show me WCW footage.
1: <laughs> you should just tell him, "All right, let's go to the network. Let's do it now."
2: <laughs> yeah, because you know it's going to happen. Yeah, somebody's going to see it 15 years down the line, and be like, "I didn't know Cena was NWO."
4: You be like, "He wasn't." Fifteen <laughs> we years were down the road. Here. Fifteen years down the road, there's probably people last night trying to look it up right. on the network. Cena joins NWO.
1: Brian, but you maybe said that's it. the part of WCW I missed. <laughs> Brian, you said it best. Bray's name for NWA Bray Wyatt.
2: Um, oh, I thought you were going to say. No, no, I it, was,
1: I was clueing you into it.
2: Oh, oh, easy B. Easy B. Easy B. I couldn't remember if it was easy, easy, or just easy. I just went with, with Easy B. <laughs> I
1: I think that while all of this empty arena, everything is just so it, it's so weird. But this WrestleMania forced them, at least for those two matches, to think outside the box and go, okay, how do we make this unforgettable?
2: Mm, I think it did it for more than just those two. Um, I think they actually had to look at what they had. Mm -hmm. um, And and for some of them, we're like, "Mm, how are we going to make this work? And I think they probably had to take their time with some of them to uh, construct a few things. Mm -hmm. I have noticed, though, and last night or this weekend was the first time, that without any type of noise in the background it does really kind of expose them a little bit you know what I'm saying oh like, yeah certain things you may not hear with a live audience even on TV mm-hmm. like you know when they get hit in the gut and they just sounded like everything's out of them they were really uh, wheezing oh yeah yeah uh, you know, stuff like that just seemed more amplified. Uh, when they would get to yelling, I was like, you know, why are you yelling? <laughs> you know, especially the announcers, you know. I understand, it, you know, that's the type of stuff that just come off as a little weird to me. Because I, re- I, I don't really catch it on the SmackDown or Raw's. But I was really paying attention for WrestleMania, and again, it was just like, you know, the, just certain noises you just don't normally hear that you pick up on, and you're like, "Wait, where did that come from?"
1: Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of those those bits and pieces that you get introduced to, like during the <laughs> what what turned into a no disqualif- no disqualification anything goes match between. Uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins where Owens does his WrestleMania moment where he jumps off of the WrestleMania sign which was pretty awesome and when Rollins is trying to get up all you can hear is it's like <gasps> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he,
1: he, he just sounded like he was I, I, dying. I felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I he mean I, had,
2: he had one uh Orton had one. Yeah, I think AJ
1: had one. <laughs> yeah. So did Taker. Yeah, yeah. they
2: just—it just, just sounded like they were. I mean, they were on death's door.
1: Uh, so we've had our first official NXT call-up for Raw after Mania, and that is Bianca Belair is now on Monday Night Raw. Well, kind of saw mean, that
2: coming. The other guys on Raw too.
1: Uh, Austin Theory. Yeah. Um, while it probably does, I'm going to be honest and say I hope not. I, I, think, I think they need Austin Theory, even if it's on 205 Live, if they continue to do that show. Um, Bianca Belair could probably thrive on Monday Night Raw. Um, meanwhile, I think there's another woman on Raw that recently came up from NXT that could probably head back down. Oh, uh, yep, here we go. We'll... I'm sorry. One more time? <laughs> go ahead, say it
0: again.
1: Uh, Shayna Baszler's biggest fan over here doesn't approve. Um Baszler, Rob, Brian, did you think that Shayna Baszler looked ready at WrestleMania?
4: I mean, I think she looked ready at WrestleMania. I just think when you take your first match on the main roster and you put her against the champion, you know, I mean, I think she should have fought some other people before she got up there, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, did she look ready? Yeah, I mean, she was in her... That's where NXT is, so she was in her house.
2: So, I, I'm quite opposite of him. Um, I don't think she looked ready. And I think Becky Lynch was popping in gears and she was stuck in first and to me there were a lot of awkward moments in that match and
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: i think probably nerves just got the better
1: i mean i'm hopeful that that you're right brian that that it's a case of nerves because i from what i saw and what we witnessed from that matchup um one of the things like you mentioned it earlier without the crowd the most audible parts was the impact of the shots they took. So when they started off and started hitting each other, that was, uh, you felt that. <laughs> the amount of slapping and then smacking into each other with their knuckles. Um, you could literally feel just, just how, how impactful each shot was. And you can only imagine, I mean, even if you're slapping them, yeah, slapping each other on the stomach and all that, it's, it, it can't feel great. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but that I noticed a lot of. The one thing I noticed, and I've, I think this is a factor of what Brian just said. Maybe she just was in her own head. Maybe she had nerves. But Becky did try to change it up, speed it up, slow it down. You know, to do different things to try to, from what I could only assume, was to help. And what ended up happening, is I think Shana just couldn't catch up to the point where she needed to. And by the time there was any rhythm, it was too late. It was the finish was already there.
2: Yeah, I, I just, it was just something about it that, to me, just seemed off. And I find it very uh, fitting that uh, what a couple weeks ago, Vince didn't think she was ready either, mm-hmm. and uh, that particular match was uh, in jeopardy for. Several days, uh, although you know it may be a an okay match. I don't think it was a WrestleMania um, Women's Championship match quality.
1: Yeah, I got the I got the feeling that it just wasn't wasn't really up to par with what we were expecting. I mean, WrestleMania has a tendency to set expectations for us, right? It's the greatest show on earth kind of thing. You know, like, it's, it's larger than life. Every single match is supposed to be high caliber. They've, they've set this table for 36 years now. The expectation is you're going to have high caliber matches from start to finish. Now, granted, we already know it's not always going to be that way. Like Baron Corbin and Elias was absolute disaster. It was crap. I don't know why. I don't know the love affair that is with Baron Corbin. I don't know the love affair that is with Elias. At least Elias has charisma. He's got that going for him.
4: I mean, I think there was low points both nights, but, I mean, I just think you don't realize how big that WrestleMania sign is until it's in a building half the size it needs to be in.
1: Yeah, it took up almost a wall from what I can You know, tell.
4: like, because that's what's supposed to hang at the end of the the, the arena saying, hey, look, it's WrestleMania. So it's like I was telling my kids, I was like, look how big that thing is. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I mean, and then for them to jump off. But you were talking about things you don't normally hear. Mm-hmm. I think one of the supporting characters we've got to give a nod to is the refs. Yeah. You know, how a lot of the refs stayed in it. Like, you know, hey, you're going to do this. You're going to blow it. You know, like,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um because normally, I, as you say, they're, a lot of their, what they say is drowned out by the crowd. And then I think that the wrestlers had to step up because then they also didn't have the distraction of the audience and the noise of the crowd to take away from what they're doing in the ring. So people were going to be paying attention to in the ring. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I thought the SmackDown women's match was pointless. Um, yeah. I didn't like it. Um, So, I liked the Boneyard match. I thought, you know, hey, I kept thinking, you know what? AJ's got some post-wrestling career ahead of him. He could do some acting, you know, in some of these WWE movies.
1: Well, that was something that I thought about, too. With WWE Films, they actually have a division at World Wrestling Entertainment called WWE Films. The Boneyard match really made me think why is <laughs> WWE not exploring this further? And maybe with all of this they will, but they put together uh, uh how do I word this? I'm not going to go too far over the top. I wouldn't say Oscar worthy, but it's definitely one of those B-rate films where you go, "Damn, that was actually
4: really good." Yeah, right. I mean, I liked what I liked the comments back and forth. Like, "You asked for this?" Yeah. "Who's your old man now?" You know, like <laughs>
1: What's my life? The name? the time work. That was pretty good.
4: And then when the when the taker was winded and he was sitting there going, <laughs>
1: that, that was where like like Brian was talking about you, with the things you hear you know that you don't don't normally. Both both he and AJ, is <sighs> like they were dying. <laughs> like somebody. Needs to I kept
4: them. looking at the car in the background. Did you all? Did you see the car that drove by while they were doing it? No And then it, 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 Like if you looked in the background the car, A car drives by And then it just stops Like down the road They put the brake lights on And they stop And it sits there And it's probably some dude Driving down the street going What? What's what's going on Over at the old Jenkins place? Like What?
1: <laughs> Could you what? imagine? You just drive past And you see a big bunch of You know All you can really tell Is it looks like a fight
0: Is it acceptable To go to Mickey D's Just for a drink?
1: damn <laughs> fireworks going off
4: <laughs> yeah fireworks and lights come on I'm trying to sleep
1: so let's let's take a look here here's what I'm going to do I'm going to pull up the card from night one and from night two we'll take a look and see uh, just, just what we thought you know as far as uh, worst and best we'll go from there so I'm just going to pull that up here we've Touched on all sorts of different pieces, but we're definitely going to look at some other things. So, there's night two results.
4: Could have done without Gronk, I'm just saying.
1: But you didn't like Gronk? You didn't like the it, man known as Gronk?
4: It just adds to the uselessness of the host of WrestleMania.
1: But he's your 24-7 champ.
4: He ain't my champ. He just... It's like every year they have a host And they bring him out once And it's like, here they are And then it's nothing
1: I mean, he didn't really do anything for me As as a host I could have did without it
4: I mean, it gave Mojo something Mojo finally got a Wrestlemania moment
1: (laughs) Hasn't Mojo already had his Wrestlemania moment?
4: Well, he won the Andre the Giant, didn't he? So,
1: yeah. There we go.
4: But he was a champion for a little bit.
1: So, let's see here. We had uh, the Street Profits versus Theory and Garza. Then it went to Bel Air and uh, Zelina Vega. And then we got a six-man tag. Well, at least they're using the talent they've got. <laughs> Next, it'll be Bianca Belair versus Austin Theory. Then it'll be Angel Garza versus uh, Zelina Vega. I mean, they've got all sorts of different matches you can do. And every time they
4: Bianca Belair, well, how'd you like the tag team ladder match that only included one person in each tag team? Uh,
1: not my favorite. Not my favorite. I mean, (laughs) as ladder matches go, it wasn't an awful match, but I just I couldn't get into it. I just didn't really I didn't really like it all that much. I couldn't find. I just found myself thinking, man, I've I've seen all this before, except for how it ended. Right. I I didn't expect that ending. I I was like, wow, that actually is it's it's creative in a in a sense, but I I could have did without the whole. I would have rather they just changed it to. You know Morrison has a mystery partner, or like Brian said, maybe he Miz turns out to not be sick after all, and he just shows up.
4: I mean, it was just funny how like it's just interesting how they had it all, and then I liked how like as a fan of these matches, you've you always wondered why why didn't somebody just grab it and fall? You know, like
1: well, and that's the thing that's where that is where the uh, the latter match. I, I guess i Sometimes it resonates for me, and other times it doesn't. More because of the fact that I just can't seem to get into what's once unraveling in front of me. Like if I feel like I've seen, like I've seen these spots before. I know that's a real smarkish kind of thing to say. I get it, but it just it just didn't do anything for me. Um, Let's go from beginning of night one. Let's talk about matches that were on the card here, and. Let's go ahead and get a feel for what we thought. Let's start with Drew Gulak and Cesaro.
4: I didn't see it to be honest.
1: Okay. It was on the pre-show unofficially. I don't The way this whole thing unrolled, I honestly I couldn't tell you where the pre-show started and the pay-per-view began. So um, Brian, what did you think of Cesaro and Gulak? Did you happen to catch this?
2: Uh yeah, I saw it. Um for who was in it with this Cesaro and uh Gulag. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I'd classify it as a match. Um I don't know if you saw it, but uh it was over in the blink of an eye and I didn't think there was a whole lot of wrestling that you know, put out that the two are capable of. I think they were the only match on the pre-show. So they literally they could have been like, Go have a half an hour. Go kill time. You know? Go do what you do, put on, on a clinic. Yeah. Uh, um I, I you know, again I I don't know what the premise of, of it was because I mean I don't I again I I don't even classify it. As a match, and that's how
1: they started night one. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like with with these two guys, both Cesaro and Drew Gulak are tremendous in the ring. At any point in time, they can do just crazy things when they when they are in the ring. And we've seen that with Cesaro countless times. We've really gotten a great look at it here recently with Gulak And his match against Daniel Bryan and just how awesome that was. So, just like you said, this could have been. God, even 15 minutes would have been like, wow, these guys can really go. Instead, I think it was maybe more like five. And you're absolutely right. There really wasn't a lot of wrestling to it. And add to that that Cesaro won after an airplane spin, which I don't think anybody's done in, like, decades.
3: What
2: well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was with no
0: hands.
1: Right, right, right. Like... The, were they trying to, like, just make a joke? Or were they trying to... I don't know. I didn't get it.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: it, it didn't... It did, did not resonate with me any way, shape, or form for a WrestleMania match, a match on Raw or SmackDown. I, I don't even know if I'd, I'd want to see that on, like, the main event.
1: Yeah, I, I I would say that both guys probably had the best of intentions, but they were... Yeah, it just didn't work. Um, yeah. Looking at how night one would open for the official pay-per-view was the women's tag match Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the Kabuki Warriors of Asuka and Kairi Sane. Um, so just some insight onto this matchup. With Kyrie Sane, the plan was for her to actually arrive to the ring at Raymond James Stadium in a pirate ship.
4: Well, they've got one hooked to the other end of the stadium.
1: Yeah, so apparently they were going to have it so that it's mobile and moves her to the ring. That would have been damn cool.
4: Just saying. I did say, I did comment a couple of times. I was like, you see him come out and you know, like, the wrestlers spent all this, you know, they spent all the money getting their gear ready for WrestleMania, and then to come in and be like, Woo! Yeah. You know? But... I mean, I thought the match was okay. I saw there was a few botched spots I thought at the beginning of it. I thought it started slow. Um but I mean it was a decent match. There's just not the ending I thought. I thought the Kabuki Warriors would keep it, but I didn't
1: mind that um I didn't mind that the Kabuki Warriors lost the titles at all. What I think what got me was that the the match itself was actually really good. I just felt like, and it's weird because I know they've been tagging up for a while. I mean, obviously they were champs, but I didn't really get a feel that the the chemistry between Oscar and Kyrie was was mixing. It was, I mean, Alexa and Nikki have managed to be on the same place, or on the same page pretty much the entire time since they've been teaming, and they didn't, they haven't been teaming for very long.
4: Well, I also think, like, if you think about it, lately they haven't had Kyrie and and Asuka teaming. It's always been... It's been Asuka or mm-hmm. or Kyrie, you know? Like, they've kept them separate, so... Um, lately on programming, but... In my opinion, I am could be missing something, but... I'm just wondering if they were, like, already... Them, them themselves were like, we're done, we're over this, let's go on about our, you know? <laughs> right, right.
1: I was definitely a... In favor of the title change I don't have a problem with that Except that Now I wonder If they're just not going to do anything With Kyrie and Asuka Brian what did you think Of the tag match
2: Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was a Fairly Fairly good uh, I know there were A few uh, rough spots In it but Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is one that I alluded to without the crowd. It's kind of hard for them to distract sometimes. And, um, I, I mean, I didn't pick up on, in the tag match anyway, any of the, if there are issues with uh, Kyrie. but I do know that there's been talk that she wants to go back to Japan, mm-hmm. her and uh, Io Shirai. Uh, so, you know, you never know, maybe that's coming into play.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I had forgotten that Kyrie Sane has been talking about actually leaving. So, that being the case, you, that could be part of the reason. She might have been one of the superstars that worked, but didn't really want to.
2: Yeah, and then, you know, factor in tonight where Asuka wrestled Liv Morgan by herself, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the tag team's probably over and done already.
4: Yeah. That's what I was thinking, you know, because like you said, come to Raw and where is she? And what it was, what was it last week? Oscar was taking on Becky Lynch or somebody, you know, so yeah, probably not much, you know. It's probably something to that fact that, you know, Kyrie's probably like, you know what, I'm good. I'm going back to Japan.
1: <laughs> Montez Ford needs to switch to decaf, man. What the? <laughs> he's just, he's just, so the the six-person tag match just comes to conclusion. I know, I think, Brian, you're a few seconds behind me. But Montez Ford grabs this camera and shakes it like it's one of the ring ropes. <laughs> Wow, man. Social distancing, people. <laughs> so, yeah, we got new women's tag team champions, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. People are calling this tag team Bliss Cross. Uh, I don't like it, by the way. I don't like it. I don't like the tag the, team. The name? Yes. Bliss
2: Cross. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they can come up with something better. Basties, I you know something right,
1: right, something, anything is better <laughs> so, than a so But hats off <laughs> to them for picking up
2: the big victory.
1: Yep, yep, and you could see um, they were both emotional about uh, the victory, which was cool. I mean, I the thing I really liked was the. Reactions and this is one of the things I actually wanted to kind of start off with this had yesterday not gone down the way it did. Um, You know one thing is for sure you know we're gonna we're gonna make fun of joke about tear down pick on whatever you want to say when it comes to WrestleMania WWE that that doesn't change. But the one thing that I do appreciate above all other things is that you know WWE AEW and multiple other companies out there right now are doing everything in their power to provide a product. And I really appreciate that. I know that it's not easy, and some of these could easily just say, you know what, we're sending everybody home, everybody wants to be safe, we want to be safe, do what you got to do, and then just show replays or something. But instead, you know, they did everything that they could possibly do and put on a two-night, uh, one night with pay-per-view quality, one night felt like raw, but they did everything they could in all seriousness. And I definitely appreciated that. And you know what, for a portion of the night, I was able to kind of, uh, you know, kind of escape in it a little bit.
4: Well, I mean, I think I also like the fact that once they decided, you know, at first we were all laughing two nights, really. But you think about it, it was two decent nights with wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some spots here and there We're like, eh, but all in all, for what it was if you looked at it in the context that it is is it's wrestlemania at a closed state studio you know you don't have the grand pageantry that you're gonna have but you know what it focused more on what was in the ring Mm
3: -hmm.
4: you know and it and for the most part they delivered
1: so we we look at we, we, we looked at the tag match. We go to the next matchup, which was Elias and King Corbin. Elias won. Do we want to talk any more about that match?
4: Nope. Mm, nope.
1: Okay, good. Moving on. <laughs> we get to the matchup that uh, I I think we've discussed this pretty well, but I'm sure we've got another a couple of points we could throw out there. Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, Raw Women's title. Um I think all of us have discussed that it looked like there was something off about the two. Uh, Brian has been... I, I would have to agree with him mostly that Shayna just didn't appear like she was really ready. Um, it wasn't, like, the worst match I've ever seen or anything stupid like that, but it you could see something was off. Now, I would also say that hopefully there's a long-term investment that they try to correct this, but what have we learned about WWE, especially after just being nice to him, right? <clears throat> <laughs> they they typically don't have a long-term investment. They just drop... They drop give you
4: your chance, it. you don't pay off, bye-bye.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And apparently, uh, Brian, you mentioned this before, Vince was not convinced on Shayna.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, they did show the post-match interview earlier, so... Yeah. I mean, who knows, but I, I just... I don't think she was ready for that. And, what, her first night, or her first match on the roster... Or, you know, singles competition against mm-hmm. the champ at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. That's that's a heavy burden to carry on your first night.
2: Um, yeah. Even, even with no crowd, no pageantry, mm-hmm. there's no WrestleMania.
1: I'll say this. I, I feel like I was not happy with how they built her up. Like, you sent her into Elimination Chamber, you crushed every single person in the chamber. And I'm like, okay, I guess I get it, but this is just a bit much. Why don't you just give him the match and then have it, the winner of the chamber gets his title shot after Mania. Like, it just made no sense to me. So to build her up that way and then just to have her, to me, make just such a rookie mistake and get caught unaware with the Karafuda Clutch... Like that's something that happens your first title reign anywhere. That's like something that happens in a fluke, not on WrestleMania. That's just my opinion.
2: I don't know, man. I don't know. It'll is be it, like—is
1: it splitting hairs? You think? I
3: think all
1: fine. Yeah. <laughs> So we go from the women's Raw title match to Intercontinental title, Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. The match I was looking forward to probably the most for night one outside of the Boneyard match was the Intercontinental title match. And I, for one, have to admit that even though it had some great moments, I was really disappointed. Like, I was hoping to see Zayn and Daniel Bryan really throw down, much like Gulak and Cesaro.
2: Uh, I'll have to agree Uh, this is another one I thought had the potential to be like match of the night Mm -hmm. especially considering I wasn't looking forward to uh, Taker and AJ I thought this you know again two actual performers, wrestlers and, and I don't think they lived up to anything they're capable of
1: yeah, just not a... This is where the crowd, I think, would have changed how this matchup was laid out. Because to me, they felt like, you know what, we don't have a crowd, let's just do this. Let's make Sammy a right. bigger bad guy. Which is exactly what they did. I give them that. They had a plan, they executed, but... Man, what a just... It's like a buzz kill.
4: Well, I think you're right. I think you hit it right there on the head. I think it's just... There was no crowd to draw off of. Mm -hmm. And for that match at that time in the ring, it was kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, Because like you said, we've seen Daniel Bryan in five, you know, five-star matches, great matches. We've seen Sami Zayn. I mean, remember his series with Kevin Owens, and it's like, hello, this is WrestleMania. But Hopefully yeah, we I, see more.
3: I, I don't. I
2: don't think the crowd would have helped that match. <laughs> I think you. I, I, I don't understand how you could be a performer of either caliber and be like, uh, "Let's go try and steal the show." Right. Let's give them something to, you know, everybody at home. Let's give them something. And I just, I, I don't know what it was. I, I think they just, it wasn't well thought out it wasn't nothing spectacular to me it was a Monday Night Raw match on that Wrestlemania
0: is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink <laughs> of course it is but good luck leaving with just a drink it's more than a drink it's a Mickey D's drink, and right now a small Minute Maid slushy is just one fifty nine. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. At Dunkin', we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch iced coffee, a bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more. And fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises too. Do more with Dunkin' Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.
1: Yeah, that was exactly how that felt. Uh, Outside of the women's tag match, Shayna and Becky... The Intercontinental title match and Gulak and Cesaro, all of those felt like just Raw or SmackDown matches. And some of that's being really nice. <laughs> but it just didn't have... To me, it wasn't a feel like, wow, this is going to be good. I was just more like, oh, okay. They just totally dropped the ball on this. Um, he so, does exist. What? Wait, is Apollo <laughs> Cruz alive? Wait, he's still what? on the roster? What? A, Apollo Cruz has a job.
2: Hey, focus. You <laughs> two are jumping all over the place. We're never going to get this done.
1: <laughs> you sound so exhausted already. <laughs> WrestleMania has bled him dry. Triple well, but I, mean, but, I
2: mean, think yes. about it. It's two nights of, of matches, and some of them you know we're going to spend quite a bit of time on.
1: True, true. We've got we've got a couple at least that are going to take a lot of time. So let's go through. Uh, triple threat ladder match, like we said for the tag titles for SmackDown, was supposed to be three tag teams. Ends up not being the tag teams. It turns out to be Copa Kingston, Jimmy Uso, and John Morrison. Um, I said it earlier. I wasn't a fan of the matchup. I, I just felt like I had seen it. I will say this: this match was ridiculously physical. A lot more than what I what I expected. Uh, just from a ladder match Maybe it was because the sound You could hear everything So everything was, was just Amplified
2: Yeah see I, I Actually kind of like this
1: mm-hmm.
2: Because it wasn't uh, What do we call it Rob's rule Or whatever
1: Rob the, the Hefner rule yes <laughs> Yeah the
2: Hefner rule that's it Yeah, I, I didn't see a lot of that so, um, cause there was only one, three people
3: in it.
4: <laughs> well, that's
2: what, I'm, that's what I'm saying though. They, they could have very easily though still had the after rule, you know, come into play. But for the most part, they were always three of a minute, you know, probably more than half. And, um, I didn't know how they pull it off, but I actually, this is where I think night one started to turn for me.
4: I mean, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the ending. Um, I thought the spots were good. I mean, that spot that Morrison did, walking across the the rope, and then, I don't know what it's called, but when he and Kofi flipped upside down and landed or whatever, it was like, damn. What's it called, Stan? You know the names of all these things. Oh, it
1: was a Spanish fly.
4: where he He
1: he walks the tightrope. He hits the Spanish fly from the top rope, which was insane because you could see. Did you happen to notice just how close to the ladder they were when they landed?
4: Oh, yeah. I'm surprised one of them didn't get rung up in that thing, you know?
1: I mean, that would have been Kofi's neck or his knees at least. How? I got to know. How the hell do you set up and perform that move without getting ridiculously hurt? And they did it. I mean, basically, uh, Kofi's doing a moonsault. Or is it a front?
2: No. It's a front flip. Yeah,
1: he's doing a a somersault, whereas Morrison's doing a moonsault. But you have to time it perfectly. And they did. I mean, it looked amazing.
2: Well, that's why they're the pros and you're not.
1: Very true. That's why my 242-pound ass is never going to be on the top rope.
4: (laughs) WWE is like... Welcome back, Johnny. Guess what you get to do.
1: <laughs> right, right. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> would you mind just jumping and flipping everywhere, please? By the way, we're going to talk about your parkour again. It's good to see Michael Cole gets in the same same patterns. <laughs> parkour, John Morrison. Well, who was, uh,
2: with, was JBL with him the first night?
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Todd Phillips is shopping in what's-his-name's closet. Corey Graves' closet.
2: Yeah, well, I can do without Corey Graves, especially after this weekend.
1: Yeah, I meant to ask you about that. You said Corey Graves is the worst. Now, he didn't do play-by-play for WrestleMania. What made you say that he was the worst? Was it the pre-show crap that he was doing with uh, Rosenberg?
2: Yes. But, but again, though, without Michael Cole, Mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, by now, Corey Graves should be able to take that top spot. Right? He should, he should lead, right? And I don't need him to put over certain people, especially when you're in the pre-show and these people are just terrible. I think him putting over Baron Corbin, should he should probably be like, well, you know what, that ship sailed. I don't care if we are friends. I'm not doing it no more, especially on a pre-show where there's nobody that, you know, no way I can hide it. But there was no chemistry between the two. And he just he it just seemed like he kept going for cheap jokes instead of being the front guy. I mean, I thought the other guy was more of a front guy than Corey, and Corey should be the front guy by now. Especially without Michael Cole.
1: No, I did notice that. Rosenberg, who is still very, very new to WWE broadcast. I mean, he's been guest spotting with them for the better part of two years, but um Rosenberg came off more natural and more relaxed throughout the whole segment and you're absolutely correct. Graves did come off um, very canned. Just just not genuine. Disingenuous yeah. that's the word. He just didn't seem like him. It, it, it didn't... Maybe he was one of those performers that was like, there's no people, I can't get into it. I don't no, know. No. And to me, to me, it
2: was almost like the first night of uh, you know, open mic night. At a comedy club, like, you know, you're trying to...
1: You you're, flat.
2: You're trying really hard to force these jokes.
1: Uh-huh. And, yeah.
2: You know, it's like, that's, that's not even funny. You know, just set the match up. Set up WrestleMania and be done with
4: it. Yeah, it's like somebody in the back made the mistake of saying, Here, Corey, you're a veteran. You just go with it. Make it happen. Oops. You know, like... <laughs> it's. A, it, and then Vince is watching on the feet going, what the
1: hell is this? <laughs> and as they say, it was at this moment that they knew they screwed up.
4: Yeah. Vince is calling people's cell phone, and they're like, what do you want, dude? It was filmed a week ago. Like,
1: <laughs> So, okay, we're, we're in Raw after Mania. We're talking about night one of WrestleMania. Just to bring you up to speed, apparently Alexa Bliss was officially traded to SmackDown for Apollo Crews to come to Raw. Huh? So where's Nikki Cross? <laughs> well, Nikki was, I guess, always on SmackDown? Oh, was she? oh I, okay. That's a know, good man. deal then. I can't keep up with this stuff. <laughs> Maybe we'll get another all draft when it's all said and done.
2: Although those titles can go to either show. So right? that would have been an interesting dynamic had Nikki been on SmackDown and
4: Alexa been on Raw. <laughs> they, they each show up on their show And the one's not there They'll be here on Friday Well at least yeah. Apollo got some love
1: I mean it, Apollo getting a match with Aleister Black Is great Now if he comes out and beats Aleister Black Then what the hell are they doing with Aleister Black
2: Oh, oh going to
4: win <laughs> It's kind of like when you saw Iron Mark Sharp On Saturday morning You're like oh there he is again <laughs> one, all right, let's go through the ladder match.
1: Yeah, let's go back to the ladder match. To
4: close this focus, one out. Stan, focus, stand, focus. <laughs> You're supposed to steer this ship, man. I know, right? I'm pulling a Graves.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, so Kofi, Jimmy, and uh, John—all great spots within this match. Again, I wasn't my favorite, but I can't say that it was a bad match. It wasn't awful. Uh, the finish of this match shocked me. Like I was like, yeah. damn, I didn't see that coming." They all get to the ladder, the top of the ladder. They're all fighting for the belts, which you're kind of used to that, especially in triple threat rule. But what they did here was they got the belts down, and all three of them had their hands on it. And I was like, what the hell? How are they going to figure this out? And then they did it. Then it was, you know, Morrison unlatches them and falls backwards, so he's got both of the belts in his hands, which, I mean, damn, I just never saw that coming. I didn't even think... Of them doing that.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that the other two were, both that were holding the thing like what just happened. Yeah, like that kind of... What? Yeah. (laughs) And then they kind of look at each other.
1: Yeah, they were like, this is your fault. No, this is yours. Like, I liked that whole dynamic, the... It was kind of a, it felt like it was a continuation of the New Day versus the Usos, and say what you want, two top-notch tag teams um, that have done some quality work against each other, so maybe we see that continue, even though some of their matches I just haven't gotten into. Um, but Morrison and Miz, and I, what I consider one of the funniest things they've done so far since getting Morrison back in the fold was the music video, um, and Brian, I, don't, I, I know you said you don't think you would seen it. Rob, did you see the, the Miz and Morrison music video?
4: No, I didn't.
1: Oh my gosh, you guys got to check this out! It is on YouTube. Um, the "Hey Hey Ho Ho" music video from Miz and Morrison. Um, I'll make sure I put it on the put it on our Twitter feed for all of our fans. Um, this was <laughs> this was released apparently four days ago on April second, but. Um, I was uh, stunned <laughs> just by how humorous it was. And also, whoever uh, got with Miz and Morrison helped them out immensely with their uh, rap technique. <laughs> it was like Ms. and Morrison dropping hot fire. Well, didn't they do stuff like that before? Yeah, In they the used room. to do the dirt sheet and do all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. Just putting it on Twitter right now. As mentioned on tonight's uh, C2C, or 10 Bytes. I can't type worth of crap anymore. Like, all my typing is just in this worst ever. Sigh. Okay, so we go from the latter match that um, I think wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but, um, like I said, had some, had some positive moments. To a singles matchup, a grudge match that ends up going from regular singles to... Yep, that's right. It went to a no-DQ, anything-goes match between Kevin... Kevin... Oh, I said Kevin Rollins. What the hell? <laughs> Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Kevin Rollins, goes back and
4: smack the shit out of you. You got it that time, bud. Yep, we heard it. <laughs> so did everyone.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
4: Oh, well. That's so, your new Dex tag team, you know? Kevin Rollins. Call
1: him Rollins. Crawlins?
4: No, I guess it doesn't work.
1: So Seth Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens have a decent singles matchup between the two. Um, it seemed like it went by quick the first half of this.
4: It did. The first well, match I, went by quick, but
2: I think it was just one of those things where you were paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it's as best as they could have, you know. They could have given me, but I think compared to most of the other stuff, again, this is one of those ones where it kind of drew me in and I I started paying attention to it. And, you know, again, I talked about the noise. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I think this is another one where they were hitting hard. Oh, yeah. And uh, you could, you just was like, oh, this is getting interesting quick. Yeah, and then we go to the No DQ, and I was sold. I was hooked.
1: They were laying it in. Um, even with, we, we talked about it briefly, Sammy Zane and Daniel Bryan, while their their interaction was brief, they were laying it in. But one of the things that Brian mentioned earlier was what you could hear, and one of the things I heard was where Sami Zayn was chopping the piss out of uh, Daniel Bryan and kept telling him to grit his teeth, which... Seemed weird. Uh, then we go back into Rollins and Kevin Owens, where these guys were hitting each other so hard, you could hear the air rushing out of like their bodies when they get hit in the stomach. Much, all of the, all of the impact of everything they did, including the way the match ends, after getting driven through the table by Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens jumping from the WrestleMania sign. Uh, after getting dropped and through the table, where it looked like he had literally knocked the wind out of him, he hits a stunner on him that just sounded absolutely painful. <laughs> and you hear him—he's like, Ugh! <laughs> "He just rolls over." He doesn't really roll; he just kind of flopped over like he had just been killed. It was—it was well done.
4: It's over, Margaret.
1: <laughs> I mean, I—I I don't know if it was Kevin Owens that did it or if it was. If it was Rollins that made the noise, but when he lands with that stunner, it was just oh, <laughs> mercifully the match is over, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, well, Rollins is Rollins is the, I think the first one that I really noticed the uh, sucking into the air.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, and it it was I, so much louder than anything else before then. And it was like, holy cow, is he is he okay?
1: <laughs> now, up to so, this point of mania, did either one of you notice any editing done? Up to this point?
2: I don't think so. Um, no. No, I, I mean, I don't really think I've noticed anything except for the two... Uh, video package or video matches I don't know, what do you call
1: those cinematic wrestling is what Xavier okay. Woods is calling it so I think that's what alright
2: so up until the cinematic wrestling uh, I, I didn't notice any editing
1: yeah I, I noticed the only thing I noticed or thought maybe was edited was where at the beginning of the ladder match Jimmy Uso takes a tumble goes out out to the outside from the ladder. He goes off to the right. You never see him land, but you, you know that he's fallen. And people were... This was on Twitter, so the, I started to look at it, and I started to ask, okay, well, maybe they're right if there was a crash pad on the outside. Well, God, I hope so, first off. <laughs> just just from falling from a damn ladder, I mean, what, you're not going to put a pad out there for these guys? No, you, you hope there's some kind of a pad out there. Um... But at the same point, that was the only point where I really noticed anything. I mean, even at a point where you possibly could have edited maybe Becky and Shayna to try to help it, but I didn't notice anything else outside of the latter match up to this point. So the next matchup, do we call this a match where uh, Mojo wins the 24-7 title? No, no. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this next one will be a no, quick but, one.
2: But, well, I di- I didn't get the chance uh, when Rob was talking about Gronk. Yeah. But that was definitely a point for me that I was like, uh, we have reached an all-time low at WrestleMania because I, I that guy tries too hard. To to be light,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know what I'm saying? Like you're just a big nerd. Just roll with it, kid. You know, embrace your nerdiness. Don't try and be popular, right? Because you're not. Yeah, I don't think you're funny. I don't think you're charismatic. I, you know, you're just some nerd trying to be funny. Well, be a nerd and you know, try and be funny that way. Um, it's okay to be a nerd. This is, you know, in this day and age, it's okay.
1: But he knows how to drop the hammer on Championship Sundays, Brian.
2: Well, I don't care. what. I I mean, the bad part is, uh, you know, he signed a contract or whatever, so we're going to have to deal with
0: him. However,
2: Mm -hmm. hopefully somebody can set him aside and be like, look, look, you need to work on this. Uh, and, And God forbid he's got a chop from hell, apparently. Or a forearm shiver, or whatever, whatever he threw at r truth.
1: You mean the, they, the shot that knocked r truth out? The forearm yeah, to that the, the chest
2: knocked him out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a mighty forearm.
2: <laughs> yeah, although I will have to say, I do think they missed the boat by having Mojo pull him off the of archery for the title. I think they should have let. Uh, the forearm shiver happen? Gronk tell Mojo get the win or whatever, and then them form a tag team. Because now you've kind of blown any tag team you may have of uh, these best friends down the line.
4: Hype bros too.
1: <laughs> no, not the hype rider. Damn it.
4: <laughs> well, then you'll have them take on Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Hawkins.
1: Battle for lack of relevancy.
4: The still-here championship.
1: <laughs> the catering championship of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from uh, uh, Mojo winning the 24-7 title to the universal championship. Who's excited? It's Braun Strowman and Bill Goldberg. Hmm. Sorry. There's- Can you hear the excitement? There's crickets. I'm sorry. Couldn't hear you, the um, I've never been less excited for a match. I wasn't necessarily ex- – well, I mean, ugh, I take that back. The greatest of all time, Roman Reigns, was going to face Bill Goldberg.
4: There he said it, Brian. He finally said it. Oh, the
3: greatest yeah, of all time. But,
2: uh, I mean, that's what you know, should have you know, taken place anyway, so.
4: Hall of Famer.
1: Right. Hall of Famer. But, no. You know he's
4: going to be Hall of Fame. Of course. I mean, he – yeah, yeah. I mean, Stan's just of- mad. Stan's just mad because he it was another paper for you. He couldn't wear his vest and gloves.
1: I was mad. <laughs> My vest and gloves are still locked up in the closet. I couldn't do the Superman punch to anybody. It's horrible
4: night. Horrible mm-hmm. night. Because your fiance kicked you out the door. Yeah, it's
2: pretty true. So, right I, over the top. I, I will have to say, though, that I am highly disappointed. Highly disappointed. In the fact that Goldberg beats Bray only to be the transition champion to WrestleMania, and we get a uh, seven move.
1: Was it seven? So, okay. Uh, what? Spear? Six? <laughs> yes. spears, spear, spear, spear. A jackhammer, four power slam. No, there was no jackhammer. He there was no jackhammer. jackhammer. No, he
2: went to he went to hit it, and then that's when, um, or he went to pick him up or whatever, and that's where Braun then did his uh,
1: power slam, or what? Ah, yes, yes. Four power slams later, we've got a brand new universal champion. Well, it was yeah. a typical
4: Goldberg match, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't exactly expecting. Although it would have been great, a classic, you know, brawl, but. How awesome would that have been just to see the two of them just beat the crap out of each other, just punching each other?
2: Yeah, but so here's the problem, though, right? Here's the problem. So if you're Goldberg, why do you go back a third time to let them just do this to you again?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: If you're Bray and you watch this, you have to know that out of anybody, you're getting the biggest crap thrown in your face. Roman, of course, is saved because he stays home. And if you're Braun, why wouldn't you ask for something more than that? I would have been like, "Really? This is what this is what you want in my first title win, Universal Heavyweight, whatever it is? Right? This is it. I mean, I don't even—he doesn't even look like a monster." He does it. You didn't even build him up for nothing. And you know that you go from one transition champion in Gold, Goldberg to Braun now being the second transition champion until they get back to regular wrestling with Roman. Because this just goes to show Roman, Roman was going to win. And now as Braun, you have to know your time as champ is limited.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the feeling that at this point it was, for, for Goldberg, I'm sure it was, we're going to write you a check. We're going to write you a big freaking check. For Braun, it was uh, probably, my gut is uh, selection by omission kind of thing. Because Roman's out, well, you're their next biggest guy. Here you go. That's Vince. That's Vince' logic. If, if I had to, tra- you know, if I had the channel, Vince, in for a minute, that's what. <laughs> You're I'm the making. next
4: big guy that's not already booked.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, you, you lost to Sammy. Pfft, let's put you against Bill. How about that?
4: Um, yeah. You lose the IC title. We're going to give you that top belt.
1: Right. Right. So we got the guy that hates the indies, who you know, literally sacrificed all of his bodybuilding money and blah 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 blah. Beats a guy who clearly was in it to get paid. Uh, Whatever. Match ends the way it ends. Braun's new Universal champ. Uh, I I guess I could see why Brian would say that he maybe expected a little bit more out of it. But at the same time, I just, I don't know. I just was kind of tuned out for this match. I just didn't care.
2: Well, it's not that I expected any more out of it because, again, it is Braun Strowman and Bill Goldberg. Right, right. But both of them at one time or another, have put on matches. Braun especially. For for a big guy, Braun can go.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? And again, I would like my first title win to be special. Right. And this is what I get. Did you not have space on the card for it? I mean, who thought this was a, oh, this is, this is pure genius. This is, this seven moves. Six moves. Whatever it was. Pure genius.
1: Probably making chicken salad out of chicken ish, but I think I think somebody out there was probably thinking that oh this is great this is great stuff. You know, the guy that gets yeah, quoted I mean, in the night too. <laughs> even Brock, even, even broth with
2: the exception on Sunday night normally at least gets you know 20, 25 moves in before
1: he just, you know, pinning somebody. <laughs> Unless you're Ricochet, then it's just a kick to the balls and <laughs> an F5. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we go from a very, very underwhelming universal title match to what people are going to probably be talking about for the next few years, and that's the Boneyard match, AJ Styles and The Undertaker. What started off as, hmm, I don't know if we want to see... <laughs> you know AJ and the Undertaker in the ring. I don't know if we want to see that becomes a a gimmick boneyard. What the hell is that going to be? To oh, this could be freaking amazing. It starts out with I mean, complete with AJ riding to the boneyard in a hearse in a casket with uh, Anderson and Gallows. They let uh, AJ out of the out of the casket, already making fun of. The Undertaker some more, to The Undertaker, the American badass has made his return. How cool was that to see him ride in on the Harley instead of doing the old school Taker stuff?
4: I liked it. It was a cross between the two characters. You know, it still had the elements of The Undertaker, but then it had the badass with the motorcycle and the mm-hmm. bandana. And the just, I'm here to kick your ass. I'm not here to like walk slowly. You know, he was just, hey, you, you called it. You said it. I was sitting at home.
1: <laughs> that that was one of my favorite parts, also, just the conversation between the two, the smack talk. You know, AJ's like, "Did does Michelle McCool know you're out this late?" <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, was like, "Damn, they're just they're going full bore with this."
4: Yeah, like you called my name. Please don't bury me. Please don't oh come on man, don't go out like that.
1: That was that was great. The hug, the laughter, hell, come on, you you fought your ass off. You're okay, you're good, brother. And then boots him like a this is Sparta kind of moment right into <laughs> the pit. Brian, what were your highlights, man? What'd you think of the bone uh,
2: so uh first let me just go on record and you know I was a big detractor of this. Uh, especially when they announced it, and uh, I'll have to admit that I'm pleasantly surprised and rather enjoyed this, um, boneyard match. Um, so, but I think the whole thing again for cinematic, um, Cinematic wrestling,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I'm glad we finally have a term for it. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic.
1: I love um, the I, I, uh, I love the parts where they had the club get involved.
4: Yeah, and I like the fact they didn't let him wa- lay waste to all three of them all the whole time. You know, right.
2: I will say I, I was when the the uh, robed or hooded or whatever you want to call it when those guys showed up I was kind of expecting there to be some shenanigans with you know somebody we didn't know the WWE had signed maybe so maybe like uh, you know Killer Cross or something like that and he was part of the club but Alas, we didn't get any WrestleMania-type moments like that.
1: One of the things that I thought of immediately during the the Boneyard match, as soon as the Druids came out or popped out of the uh, building, I immediately said, and I I put this on Twitter, oh, my God, it's the Dark Order. (laughs) As soon as that hits my mind, no sooner that that happens than Evil Uno hits on Twitter and says, that's not us. (laughs)
2: that's funny that's great right there
1: thank you Evil Uno for clarifying (laughs) by the way hashtag join Dark I
2: I didn't I didn't know how they were going to pull it off but I think that was the only way you could have pulled it off and made it look good
4: I agree it had to be pre-taped. It had to be done elsewhere, because doing anything kind of campy at the stadium would have just been dumb. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I I think even a straight wrestling match would have been dumb also. Yeah. Um, because at least in this in this type of match, for a second you thought AJ might win. Right, and then and whereas if they were in the ring, there's no way AJ wins, and that was my that was one of my biggest problems with this was that I mean this is WrestleMania, this is the Undertaker, and I just never saw them giving AJ his due, especially in the ring, but outside the ring, anything goes, and it's a little bit different.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, also, it looked on the other side is it didn't show where, you know, normally in the ring, everybody can see where The Undertaker is missteps and where it's like, all right, this is bad. You know, that type of match, he didn't have those moments, you know, because there weren't those kind of spots and stuff that were happening. It was just that old, it reminded me of like, you know, the old, come-as-you-are matches, you know? Like, we're going to fight in the backyard, come on. But I still want to know what the guy, whoever was driving down the road thought was going on.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the, the the parts of this matchup that, that jumped out off the page was the focus on... They actually focused on the humanization of The Undertaker. And I think they're doing this for a reason. I feel like this actually may be... Um, the last time we see The Undertaker perform. Um, because of what we're now seeing with the end of Night 2 last night, and that was the documentary series that they have released on The Undertaker, which I don't know if you guys watched the first look, but dude, this looks like an amazing look at The Undertaker.
4: Yeah, I mean, what I saw, like, I, it's something I definitely want to see the whole thing. You know, it's just the way he's like, you know what, hey, I, I'll admit it. I've lost something, you know, like (laughs) no better days are behind me.
2: Yeah. I haven't watched that yet. It's in the uh, list to be checked out somewhere down the line.
1: This was what we saw last night or night one for the boneyard match was it to me. It was like, Hey, this is, we have an opportunity to send you out on the highest possible note we can do outside of winning the title. Let's do let's do your hits. Let's make it The Undertaker, Supernatural, The American Badass. Let's do the hits. Let's make everybody remember you and see you one last time as the way you should be seen. And now we've got the capability to make sure it comes off damn near flawless on camera.
2: Well, the sure. show... If there's a thought that this might be his last match, I I think I stand by what I told you earlier, Stan, Mm -hmm. about what I would have liked to have seen done even more. Yeah. I think that would have been even better to have him go out in that type of garb as opposed to uh, the American Badass.
1: Yeah, I mean, with with that last moment where AJ feels like he's finally got it won. He's got the Undertaker in the hole and he's getting ready just to drop the dirt. <laughs> he stands up and all of a sudden you see the, the bright lights flash and it's the Undertaker standing right behind him. And there are so many, so many internet memes with this same shot. Um, AJ standing there and saying, you know, with the quote of 2020 is my year, and Undertaker standing behind him with the label of COVID 19. I mean, just there's that's one of those images that you're going to be able to use for WrestleMania for decades to come. Mm-hmm. So,
2: but just uh, I think he should have gone back to the Undertaker as uh, behind AJ. Mm hmm. And a loud, just crazy, obnoxious gong. Because there's nothing like that in the world. Right. right? So I, I think anybody that's ever watched The Undertaker, from start all the way up to now, you know what that bell is. And I don't think there's anybody alive that when that thing goes off, it doesn't just give you chills. Right. Right? And... I mean, I, I've watched Undertaker since the beginning. And that bell, even today, however many years later, if, if it goes off, you immediately get a surge, but just something just runs up your spine. And, and I think that would have been very fitting for that match, for that, that gong to have played behind AJ on the tractor out of nowhere, and AJ would have just stood right up and just, you know, look scared shitless <laughs> and then let The Undertaker do his thing.
1: I think that would have probably come off even better. I think that would have been the the perfect way to close that out.
2: I have to agree with you. Yeah, yeah I mean, especially if it's his last match. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, that's just me. So I, I but again I that would be my only detraction is that one simple mo you know, moment in time just to have that bell play.
1: Yeah.
2: Um just because what it does to you. And it would have very easily I mean, you're in a graveyard, the bell goes off, K J if you could have turned him white as a ghost, you know, or something.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he yeah. has
1: pants. Yeah,
2: AJ <laughs> maybe maybe does the whole throat thing where he swallows really hard.
1: Can see it. <laughs> that <laughs> hard cold old like, oh,
2: crap. <laughs> you know, maybe reach behind him and touch him in the face. <laughs> like, oh no, oh that you would know, have been something. Great. But, yeah, something. But you know, that I mean, that's my only. If, if there's one thing I can say about the matches, I didn't get that. I didn't get that belt. So, and uh, you know, again. And that bell, to me, is so synonymous with them. It just sends shivers up your spine.
1: Yeah, I, I think that outside of just what we got a chance to to witness with the Boneyard match, I, I think that, that would have been the perfect icing on the cake, or the cherry on top to just make everything close out perfectly. Mm-hmm. So we go from night one. Tonight two, but we'll, before we head over to night two, let's go ahead and do a quick grade. Rob, night one, Wrestlemania from A to F. What do you got it?
4: I'd say a high C.
1: Okay. Fairly generous, I'd say. Brian?
2: Uh, Yeah, I, I'm at a high C. Now, if you give me the uh, Drew McIntyre uh um, a show that came on after it, I think. If you include that in night one, I think it goes to a B minus. If you take it away, it's a C. Okay. I see.
1: So for night one, it looks like uh, Brian and Rob are both like high C's. I would say a C to a C minus. Boneyard match is probably the only reason it gets up to a C minus. I just I felt like. What I what I felt like this was something that we could see on Monday rather than on Sunday. Um, so let's take a look. Night two, the pre-show matchup was Natalia and Liv Morgan. Hey, Liv Morgan.
2: Um, go ahead. We'll take a break real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Can we take a break? <laughs> <laughs> Just a minute or two. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's go ahead and take a uh, a quick pause for the calls here. Stick with us. We'll be right back here on Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio.
2: I'll be right. Did
4: you need the mic to be there Looks like we got a new tag coming up. I was looking more at Cedric Alexander Ricochet. Because, like, I was thinking, like, you go down the cards you think about the stars that were or was that they have on the roster. Ricochet wasn't at the, as maybe at all until, until Roman.
1: Brady Welcome back to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio We are still live on C2CRadioShow.com It's myself, Stan Grubb The triple threat is complete of course With my tag partners Brian Taylor and Rob Heffler
2: uh, so Otto Sorry angry? I had to tinkle ah, well, you know, It
1: happens to the best of us sir I'm just being honest. I have to Mike water. <laughs> okay, so we, we stopped off with night one, gave it our grades. We're at night two, the pre-show match, Liv Morgan and Natalia. Uh, Liv Morgan gets the win on this pre-show match. I got to be honest, I didn't see it. I just read the results. I don't know how I feel about Liv Morgan winning this matchup, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't really think it's all that great.
4: I didn't watch
1: it, so... um, I saw it. Uh, I
2: don't know if it was a passable match. I didn't think it was terrible.
1: Was it at least worthy of a pre-show?
2: Oh, yeah. Definitely of a pre-show.
1: Okay. okay.
2: Mm -hmm. And and based off the pre-show match from night one, I think it clocks in better than that one.
1: Oh, a vast improvement, you say?
2: Mm, Not the best. But an improvement.
1: <laughs> okay, we're being conservative. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, so we go to the open of night two NXT women's championship matchup. Now, this matchup has been built up and built up, and I was looking forward to it. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. I had to watch this match back again last night. Um, I gotta be honest. I'm not okay with Charlotte being beating Rhea Ripley. Um, the matchup itself was very good. I actually enjoyed the match. But I, I don't understand why you would take the title off of Rhea Ripley and why Charlotte is, I guess, their flavor of the week when it comes to, oh, she's going to make the difference on Wednesdays.
0: Mmm.
4: Well, I mean, so I, I think it's just... Oh, go, go ahead. No,
2: go ahead. You go ahead. No, go ahead. We do this all the time. I'll let you go first.
4: No, I'm letting you go. Please. I'm stopping. Please, first. Stand You can go first. Age before beauty. Oh, Stand will first. Stand <laughs> what,
2: why don't you just go? I'm <laughs> eating a chip right now. Or
1: can't. Oh, well, he, Brian's eating, Rob. Clearly, you've got the floor.
4: I mean, I think it was just like you said last night. It was to elevate NXT a little bit by bringing Charlotte to have that in that fold. Uh, Was it needed? No. Um, Was it wanted? No. Was it a decent match? Yes. Thought it was a good match. Um, But winning the NXT title does nothing for Charlotte Flair. Um, Losing to Charlotte Flair does nothing to Rhea Ripley, except now, free her up to go to the main roster.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, like, I don't see who wins in this, except if they're trying to then further legitimize NXT as a third brand. You know, that's the only way I see it paying off. And I said last night, like, now, next is Balor's going to beat Col- uh, Cole. Hmm.
1: Well, here's the thing with, with all of this. With Charlotte now going to Wednesdays, and maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, who knows, but what's the point of having a call-up now? Is it, now it's just they're all lateral transfers, right? Right. Brian, what do you got? Are you post-chip, sir? Um,
2: it's salt and vinegar, so, you know, my favorite. <laughs> uh, so, I thought the match was great. But I think mean, it was a dumb move to send Charlotte to NXT. Now, who knows where Ripley ends up?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But NXT is still that brand where the people on the cusp, the people that need a show like NXT to learn from,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you shouldn't have the pressure of Charlotte Flair there who to me is a different animal compared to Finn Balor and Adam Cole and the rest of them.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Charlotte is a true... I mean, if you had a current Mount Rushmore of the roster right now, Charlotte's on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And now she's on NXT and you don't really... Have a lot in the way of competition for, which means the title becomes stagnant, and she becomes stagnant. You you know, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think if you did it to try and uh, um, compete with AEW, um you've already lost the battle because I told you some time ago that when they start doing this that's when they're really going to lose because the fans especially NXT fans are going to realize what you're doing and they're not going to want to watch Charlotte Charlotte's going to become something that is unwatchable here in just a few months if she stays on NXT that long because again you're, you're you're going to know she's going to win. You're going to know that she's just going to dominate your, your females. And it's just not going to be fun to watch.
1: I think they run that risk. Um, what we've seen right now in a post-audience post, uh, post audience era right now, AEW still in the lead as far as ratings are concerned. Granted, the viewership is down overall, but they're still winning by about uh, two hundred. 1, 000, I think I want to say that's the difference right now um, but that's that's a lot of viewers especially if you're if you're battling for the same 1.5 1.6 and you can't seem to get past 600 you're gonna to have to do better and I don't know that Charlotte winning that title coming to Wednesday nights is gonna be that that change you've got well, philosophically only, you've got a lot more that, But to change.
2: the ripple effects wrong yes So, I mean, now who's Becky's biggest opponent?
1: That's a great question because if it's Shayna, they've got a lot of work to do.
4: (laughs) I agree. Shayna has got some work.
1: I just, there's Asuka, who she's beaten. There's Shayna, who they, they had her beat on Mania. They've got Bianca Belair now. I don't think Bianca Belair is ready for that shot. Zelina Vega hasn't wrestled enough to really for me to have a, an opinion on Raw. Um, I know that she's very talented. I'm not saying that she couldn't, but I've just not seen enough of her body of work to really know for sure. Um, Sasha's on SmackDown. Bailey's on SmackDown. Help me out. Am I missing somebody on Alexa
4: Raw? Bliss is on SmackDown.
1: Yep. You got Naomi. She's
4: on she's SmackDown. On Smackdown. Mm-hmm.
1: It may be time for them to condense down some of these titles and quit screwing around.
2: Well, but So basically, in one fell swoop, you have cleared the path for Becky Lynch to not have any worthy competitors.
1: I mean, as much as I don't want to see Charlotte versus Becky again, at least the match would be good.
2: Yeah, I mean, unless somebody else is getting called up,
1: Maybe it's, maybe Lana becomes the... No, nah, I'm just kidding. I won't say that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think Rhea Ripley's getting called up.
1: Well, I, I could see Rhea getting called up, but if that's the case, then you've got two... Unless Rhea turns bad, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's still so much in the air. Oh, by the way, hey, with Charlotte winning the NXT title, does that make it number 11 for her?
4: Yes, I guess.
2: Well, it all depends on. I mean, Michael Cole couldn't even tell you that she had won the title before. <laughs> so apparently that title was not that valuable. Good well, yeah. job,
1: Mike. Yeah, he said that uh, uh, Charlotte was the first ever to hold the NXT no. Women's Champion. The Raw. Bailey.
2: Was the first.
1: He said Bailey? I thought he said. Char- so you're right. You're right. He said Bailey. He said Baly. So
4: hmm. Bailey did, was the last.
1: Right, right. Charlotte did it first. Um, mm-hmm. Sasha has the SmackDown title to win still. Asuka would have the Raw women's title to win still. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand what. Uh... Becky NXT. And Becky never won NXT. That's right. Huh. Yeah. That's not. who
4: they should have had go down. She should have gone down there and taken on. Yeah. <laughs> Becky, three belts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Becky three bells Shit <laughs>
3: well, you know,
2: it, just, it makes no Sense to me why you did it
1: Well here How about how about the next match behind it Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley Why the hell did What was he have? the point of that Yeah, There was no point for this match Now granted I'm glad that Aleister Black beat Lashley Because Lashley just bores the crap out of me I just can't get into Bobby Lashley.
4: Never have. Where's
1: Rusev again?
4: Rusev Where apparently
1: is, is sitting out his contract. Good for him. I, personally, I could see him going literally anywhere and being a bigger star. Oh, yeah. It's not, use right. not just a, let's send him to AEW. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he could go literally anywhere. He could show up on Impact. He could show up at Ring of Honor, and he'd be a big star. Hell, he could go to Japan. And be a big star.
2: Oh, my God. Could you imagine him in Japan? Oh, it's just see him what really tear loose. Do, yeah. What they do with foreigners
1: in Japan? Oh, yeah.
2: There you go, Rusev. If you're listening, go to Japan.
1: You want to see him hit the camel clutch and make it mean something again? Send him to Japan.
2: Yeah. New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you want to see your uh, subscription service go up.
4: Right. <laughs> Rusev. Especially if he gets, could you see him and get him? Him get Okada and just bend him like a paperclip,
1: right? Or Naito? Oh my god, dude,
4: Suzuki I'm in. Gun. Tanahashi, did mean, you see all that
1: stuff?
2: Oh my goodness,
1: who is this scrub against Seth Rollins? Somebody from NXT. It it it's somebody from uh, the local high school wrestling team getting his shot. A guy in Seth NXT Rollins. that
4: had his green gear still in the building. <laughs>
1: I got my old singlet from high All school. Right, stop Can I wear watching that?
4: Wrong. You're off. It
2: got my raw. You're ahead of me. <laughs> All
1: you right. said who's
2: this scrub? And I'm looking at Seth Rollins. I'm like, what are you talking about, Seth Rollins?
1: <laughs> I mean, you know. Oh, is it cool We're to like Seth track. again? Are we? Is he in the in crowd now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we go from a match that I don't think anybody really understood how it came about to, um, interestingly enough. Otis and Dolph Ziggler was a great surprise as far as an entertaining match. Now, SmackDown had screwed up so many different ways to build this match and build this match, but finally, this past Friday, we get the reveal. It was Sonia Deville all along sending the text message, setting up the failed Valentine's Day date in a matchup that I just didn't see coming as good. Otis and Dolph Ziggler was actually very, very entertaining. Um, and you know what? Leave it to Dolph Ziggler for yet another performance that makes it like, wow, this was actually really good.
2: All right. So before we get too far into this, I haven't watched SmackDown in some time. Right? Okay. I kind of know what's going on, but I haven't really watched it to know enough. Okay. Right. Are Sonya Deville and Dolph supposed to be an item now? <coughs> or are they just were they just in cahoots?
1: They were in cahoots. Um, WWE has I, not done a good job of hiding the fact that Sonya Deville is is gay and has a girlfriend. So well, the closest I can figure that's is they're
2: because I thought during the match, she called him babe a couple of
1: times. Oh, no, I missed that. I did not hear that. Rob, did you hear that?
4: No, I didn't. I didn't pay attention to this match, actually. So,
1: so Sonia DeVoe called Dolph Ziggler beat. babe.
2: But that's why I'm asking, because, again, she is calling into the ring, right, when she's on the outside. Yeah. Right. Like any good manager or whatever would do, but there were a couple times to me, I thought I heard "babe." Now I could be off. I well, no.
1: If you're off, then so is so is my fiance because she just pointed it out too. She said that she heard her say it a few times.
2: Yeah, I, I thought she said it a couple times, hmm. like "come on, babe" or something. Right. Right. And that that's what kind of threw me because. So, I like Sonya Deville, and I keep track on social media, and, um, you know, there's no hiding uh, her preference, and she doesn't hide it on the WWE, Mm -hmm. and then this, you know, kind of was like, wait a second, what are we doing here?
1: Not that there's anything wrong with that.
2: Well, yeah, but you, but you see what I'm saying?
1: I do, I do, that, because they've made it actually a big highlight for them right. that they're LGBTQ friendly. Right.
4: And well, and then I remember. If, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: Uh, well, to me, if you're going to announce which gears, uh, I, I think that's kind of uh, would be kind of shitty. I,
1: I I've, I've felt like, I mean, even though they've. Just blatantly revealed like her personal life, you know, in their total divas and all that. All those other shows, Um, they did. I don't think it was
4: blatant. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, of course. I mean, they're trying to you know utilize it for their own means. That's the same thing they did to uh, um, Connor Connor Mahalik during the uh, WrestleMania Thirty Blitz where you know, that's Connor's cure. The only reason they utilize that is because they want to make sure they're getting positive publicity off of what they do for cancer, which I think it's great, but that's why they're doing it. They're not doing it for, you know. Well, Stephanie McMahon was emotionally touched. No, I mean, it wasn't even Stephanie McMahon that hooked him up with the, uh, the meat. It was Justin Roberts, so. No. Exposed. <clears throat> anyway. Um, but, yeah, I really thought Calm, this down. Calm down. I know. I'm sorry. Get out of my way. <clears throat> I thought Ziggler and Otis was actually very good I really liked how this matchup finished um, I liked that They didn't go the obvious direction Of having Mandy Rose turn bad Instead they had her stay Sided with Otis for now The chubby guy
4: Woo. <laughs> Right and,
1: and how about JBL just constantly Putting down the fat guy Like literally just making fat jokes
2: Did you expect anything less?
1: No I guess not I guess not. It just seemed like, ugh. And oh, I did notice during this matchup, um, Michael Cole calls JBL Hall of Famer elect. Yeah, that's a thing.
2: Well,
4: Well, it's because they didn't have it.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you just, that just dawned on me. We did not have the Hall of Fame this year. Right. Or WrestleMania weekend.
4: So
1: supposedly they're going to hold a ceremony at SummerSlam. That's the rumor right now. (laughs)
4: Because society was like, oh no, X-Pac, you ain't getting your ring.
1: (laughs) You already fooled us once with Coco. No, X-Pac. Stay out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You ain't getting your ring. No ring for you. (laughs) But getting back to the match, I, I actually enjoyed it. Other than the nut shots at the end. I hate nut shots.
3: They're stupid. I think
1: yeah. I think those have just gotten to be Oh, oh, okay. Well, you'll catch up here in a moment for seeing who's coming back. Um Jack. Right
2: the-
4: nah, yeah. yeah. She, she's they not had like the head of yeah,
2: the
1: commercial.
4: It's not a surprise. Where?
1: Yeah. All right, anyway. Right before the commercial break. <laughs> I must have missed it. Uh, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Brian. The nut shots have become more gratuitous than ever before. And this is from a group of guys that watched Ric Flair at WCW where all he did was nut shots in the latter part of
2: 99 and 2000. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think a, to have a surprise like that, because it was, I wasn't expecting it out of this. And then it actually turned into something pretty good. And then it becomes anticlimactic with the two nut shots.
1: Yeah. So. <clears throat> I think it would have come off much better if the ref was distracted by Sonya and she slaps Dolph into the finish yeah. instead of a nut shot. I enjoy the nut shot. Well, plus, the, how about the one where he kicks Otis in the nuts from behind? Give me the idea mean, well, how hard you got to jam your foot the up balls, there. Man. Oh, that's <laughs> the you're one. Mm. Ridiculous Uh, uh, But
2: again though I I enjoyed it It was a fun match Yes It It was was a lot of
1: fun Rob final thoughts On Otis and Dolph
4: Fat guy finally got the girl
1: Ah, Oh thanks JBL RBL up in here (laughs) The fat guy Gets the girl Rob Layfield Rob Layfield
4: She's about to hush yeah. your face. <laughs>
1: okay, so we go from Otis and Dolph Ziggler. I think we had all agree, right? You Brian. tell her that.
4: You turn around in your little spinny chair, and you say, hush your face, lady. <laughs> so,
1: so, so, ma'am, Rob has said to shut your face. Excuse me, he said, hush your face. Sorry. <laughs> She's going off. You got her in a shade of Baszler's rant. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Well, you're L- off. We go, we go from Otis and Dolph to the last man standing Fire match. Fire me. I'm already fired. <laughs> Randy Orton, Edge, in a last man standing match that, um, so I missed the first half of this match. But as it turns out, even though I missed the first half, I still got to watch a good 20 minutes.
4: I mean, it seemed like forever.
1: I'm all for seeing a good grudge match. I liked a lot of parts of this match, but every time I checked and looked around or did something, I'd look at the clock and then I realized this match is still going.
4: Well, that was my thing, but like, I liked how it started. Mm -hmm. You missed the start where, you know, Edge's in the ring and then Randy Orton comes over the railing and just RKO's him from jump, like in a hooded sweatshirt and Mm -hmm. pants. And then, you know, they do the whole fight everywhere. I mean, I was telling, I was telling my wife and kids. I was like, you know, there's some fans of the WWE nostalgia. That's like, wait a minute, don't don't hurt that chair. No, hey, don't. And then uh, my son looked. and goes, Dad, look, t-shirts because <laughs> they had the, the t-shirt cart. Um, and I looked today on WWEshop.com and the, the WrestleMania 36. I wasn't their shirts does not count in their buy one get one for a dollar
1: oh that's crap literally the shirt you want to make the most money off of you don't put it in your sale
4: but then they also have one that's russell 36 in your house with the in your house logo <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like that idea <laughs>
4: but, but i no. thought it was good i mean i a couple times I'm like, holy God, I'm glad he's got a good bill of health because that would have taken it out. And then I felt sorry for the cameraman in the hallway.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And then I was telling them, like, what about the one intern that didn't get the memo? And they're still working at their desk and they come out, like, what the hell?
1: I was. I liked the way that this match ended. I really dug the the combination from Spear to RKO to choking him out and then hitting the concerto to finish it up, I, I thought actually that was a solid sequence.
4: Yeah, I thought I thought Edge was going to fall off the truck. When he was standing there waiting for the ref to count, he was just like doing that wobbly. He got the lazy leg. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, he's going to fall off the truck. Hopefully they got a mat."
1: Yeah, I mean there was, uh, there was a couple parts where I thought they were going to go for the big, uh, what they used to call the nesty plunge, where they were on top of the hauler, and I thought to myself, oh, Edge is throwing him off. He's throwing Randy off the truck. I thought for sure they were going to do that. They were going to throw him back down to the truck bed. Um, there was that, and then when he had, when he climbed up initially, I thought he was going to take one of those, um, those roly carts and push it onto onto Randy Orton. But they didn't go that direction, I guess. So.
2: Yeah, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was great, but it was way too long. Yeah.
1: yeah. Total time on that match was 37 minutes.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it was definitely the hardest hitting match for both nights. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know what, I don't know what it was, but it just seemed to. Drag
4: on. Well, you notice that it's because it was their building. They didn't do any structural damage to the, during the whole match. You notice how they usually throw people through walls and they break doors and they do stuff? You notice they didn't really do a whole lot of that last night in that match?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: They moved stuff around. Now, granted, Gargano and Champa busted windows and stuff, but, you know... They were like, hold up, we got a budget. Um.
1: Well, one thing I did notice, and this is something that has actually gotten a lot of conversation on social media just today. Um, So there's a part where Edge and Randy Orton are fighting in the gym area of the Performance Center. And again, I had to watch this back just to see what they were talking about. But there's a part where Randy Orton starts to choke Edge with one of the cables from one of the weight benches.
4: Yeah, I saw that.
1: And apparently, I think
4: I know where you're going.
1: Yeah, this they there were some unhappy fans thinking this was too close to the alleged way of of what Benoit did to his family. Um, I feel like that's reaching. I don't think they were going for that at all. I think they just did what was within within their environment. But I, I don't know. Did did you guys get that vibe when you saw that?
2: No. Yeah. I didn't pay no attention to it. So, uh, um, I mean, I guess, but I think that's the way he killed himself. That's not the way he killed the, the family, I don't
4: think. No, the family was done another way.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: that's how he That's how he killed himself. Um, I, I don't know. A lot of people are just sensitive about Different things nowadays, but true. I mean, I I did pick up on it, but, but I mean, they do have a long-standing history though about choking. Uh, when did Daniel Bryan when he choked John Cena got in trouble?
1: Choked Justin Roberts with his own tie, and they thought again. This is why that why Daniel Bryan was let go for what was it? A couple months?
3: hmm
1: Yeah, this was part of the Nexus storyline. Where Nexus initially comes out, they beat the piss out of everybody, tear down the ring, choke out and beat up everybody, including Justin Roberts, where Daniel Bryan pulls his necktie and basically hangs him with his own necktie. Yes, yeah.
2: I thought there take. was a spot with Cena too. Where, where um, he choked Sheena.
1: There was. I damn, I forgot about that. Was I think that was his shirt that they choked him with.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one that got him in trouble.
1: Yeah. Either way, I mean, to me, and, and I know I'm not, gonna, I'm not putting his name out there, but the person that called it out and drew the attention to it spent all night just reaching, reaching like crazy. Like, this guy, it, I don't have a problem with a lot when it comes to complaints because, you know what, we do it a lot. We, we make fun. We tear stuff down all the time. But come on, dude. I mean, you're just reaching. Called, he called the Boneyard match painfully, cringeworthy, and boring. Like, what? Where the hell? Like, that just made no sense. We'll, we'll,
2: we'll get to that. <laughs> We're almost there. and Then you can travel on all you want.
1: <laughs> all right, so next through is, uh, let's see here. Um, last man standing match ends, of course, Edge wins. Then we have the Raw Tag Team Championship match. Austin Theory, Angel Garza challenging the Street Profits. I actually liked this tag match. I think that Garza and Theory have pretty good chemistry together. Um, I love the Street Profits. I think they're very entertaining. Um, the the stuff at the... Yeah, he brings up Bianca Belair. Um, I guess I'm okay with Bianca Belair getting the call up, but the thinner you make the, the women's roster in NXT, the... Harder you're going to make it for Charlotte to make any kind of impact, so that stands out to me. But uh, yeah, I was okay with uh, this tag match. It was okay.
4: okay. Yeah, I, I
2: thought it was okay, and I think Montez Ford needs to slow down just a little.
1: Yeah, he's way
2: too fast.
1: Um, this past Monday before Mania, did you happen to see Montez dive over the top rope and basically just splatter himself on the entrance ramp?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah like, I, I think he's, he's way too fast.
1: You know, this guy's running at Mach two. Everybody else is about fifty five miles an hour, and <laughs> over the top rope to the floor, just smashes his back. He's lucky he didn't hurt himself.
3: Yeah,
2: well, I, I think he's lucky he's limber.
3: Because
1: mm-hmm.
2: sometimes, again, when he's going Mach two, yeah. and he hits something, he just—I mean, he, even though he hits the move, he just kind of flops yeah you know and, and he's got to spring back up and i uh, think he just needs to get a little bit more control on him
1: when i when i see him walk to the ring you know what his walk reminds me of and i'm I'm not saying this to be funny it reminds me of the great Kali. do you remember the great Kali and how awkward he looked just walking to the ring and it looked like literally he was going to break his own leg just by walking montez four yeah. makes his way to the ring sometimes i'm like dude he just looks so awkward
2: well he probably wants to uh, again I, I think his gears are <laughs> set a lot higher than theirs yeah he probably wants to just move you know because he doesn't slow down
1: mm, very true. He,
2: i mean he i mean he flat out moves and i i, I think he just doesn't know how to sit still he, he would be one that you would have to threaten to be put in a corner if he didn't sit still. Right, right. You know, probably as a kid, he probably just
1: constantly moved. So. Well, I mean, and he is very enigmatic. He is very charismatic. He draws the fans in, but he's he reminds me a lot of Jeff Hardy in that way. He's got the fans' attention pretty much 90% of the time when he's in the match. But it's going to be one of those things where he hurts himself and it could all come mm-hmm. crashing down for him. And that would really yeah. suck. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else stand out about the tag title match? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> cool. Moving on. We got the five-way, fatal five-way elimination match. Thank God it was elimination style, by the way. Otherwise, I'd have been pissed. Sasha Banks, Naomi, Lacey Evans, Tamina Snuka. Why the hell she was in this match, I do not know. First Bailey, the defending women's champion. Um I want to be fair with this match and say that it had moments, but I got to be honest, I just didn't see any moments. It just wasn't that great. I did like the finishing sequence between Evans, Sasha, and Bailey where Evans goes for the woman's right, Bailey pushes Sasha out of the way initially, ducks it, and then Lacey turns and levels Sasha. And it was just a great sequence. Banks goes down, gets pinned, and then Bailey ends up getting the victory, which Yeah. Eh, eh, no. We were kind of robbed of our Banks versus Bailey moment, I think.
4: Well, I think it's coming. I just think they didn't pull the trigger on it for some reason, which it'll probably be the SmackDown this Friday, I think, is when they'll finally pull that, like, oh, you know but I agree I don't understand why Tamina was in there but welcome back to the Hefner rule of <laughs> WWE multiple people matches as where the hell was Lacey Evans for half of it
1: she was on the outside <laughs> she was she was saluting to
4: nobody right you know
1: yeah, speaking of salute what the hell was that salute at the top rope that's just, former military. Yeah, but it was painful. She's like, she's crying. It's, it wasn't even a good salute. It's not much crappy. Was that what it was? I Damn. mean,
2: one her right hand tied up in the, on the turnbuckle? Oh just...
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Brian's right again. So, in.
2: um, I didn't think this match was all that spectacular until we got down to like the last I, I guess Bailey, Sasha and Lacey um, although I didn't agree with the end I, I don't understand to me it makes no sense what you're trying to do with Bailey and Sasha mm-hmm. uh, um, it really makes no sense
1: I get it. The, and go ahead
2: Oh, and, and just in my mind. I mean, I can I can deal with the win by Bailey, even though I don't agree that she's a strong heel champion. I you know I would have liked to have seen Lacey get it, but that sequence, although it looked great, just it makes no sense. I don't see how you set anything up. Why wouldn't you just have her attack her here? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I don't see where somewhere down the line she turned on her because then that would make Sasha the bad guy. And I don't think they're taking Bailey out of the the bad guy role right now.
1: I think with what they're trying to do right now, I noticed, and I've just been thinking about it more and more, they're waiting on some of these things until they can have a crowd. I feel like that's what they're waiting for.
4: I mean, probably. I mean, it's just, I just I mean, I haven't liked the Bailey heel turn since the began. And I think now it's just seemed so forced and it's not her character, you know. And I agree, like, either you're going to turn or you're not. But we've already seen this script before, you know, the boss and hug connection. You know, we we've seen this. Like, come on, flip the script, let's move on.
2: Yeah, I mean again think about it. So in order for this to play out the way it played out based off of WrestleMania, Sasha has to be the one to turn. Right. Which didn't make Sasha the bad guy. But with the way you force Bailey into that role, how does that work? Sasha helped Bailey win so why would Bailey turn on Sasha?
3: <laughs>
2: you see what I'm saying? I mean, I mean Sasha looks like the good second in this little duo where yep she's helped, she helped me keep that title. Why am I going to turn around and turn on her?
1: I know who to blame. I know who to blame. It's Carol freaking Baskin.
2: Yeah, keep going. You should <laughs> throw that on a group chat. I did. I did
1: Thanks, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, O.J. Simpson confirmed that he thinks Carol Basket's said <laughs> her husband
2: did a tiger. That should be funny. Carol should get on there and be like, I know O.J. did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See this tiger right here? It's $5,000 in my hand.
4: <laughs> There's difference me and O.J. is I got a tiger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The the show that's sweeping the nation. Joe Exotic the Tiger King.
4: <laughs> if the tiger poop don't fit, you must acquit. Ah jeez. Ah, we're going too far.
1: Alright, so we go from the crap that was the five women blah, blah 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 to another cinematic wrestling match. Now this one took a different direction. We're talking about the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena and The Fiend Bray Wyatt. How do you set this up? Well, imagine you just did all the drugs in your house. NyQuil, (laughs) Tylenol, maybe you found some alcohol, maybe you found a couple Tide Pods. You threw them all in a great big cocktail and drank it. Just imagine that and your hallucinations that would follow. That's how
4: I would describe. We do not condone the unethical use of Tide Pods. I'm just
1: saying that.
4: Make all comments and lawsuits directed towards Stan.
1: (laughs) I mean, how do you describe a matchup like this, A, a, a cinematic wrestling match like the Firefly Funhouse?
4: I don't think there's words you can describe except you were watching it and you're just going, whoa. And then they would switch and you'd be like, whoa. (laughs) I mean, like uh, we said at the beginning, you know, there's going to be a whole generation of people who think John Cena was in the NWO.
1: (laughs) And maybe he was, you'll never know. Now, I think this was, was
2: the highlight of the whole weekend. I won't really say it was the best match because it wasn't really a match. So I'm going to say this was the highlight of the whole weekend. But I'm just kind of curious where all these fans are on, on social media where a week ago when Matt Hardy disappeared and reappeared, they thought you shouldn't do that. But now, flash forward to WrestleMania, in the same vein, there's nobody that even brings it up.
1: Thank you. Somebody says it. Everybody complained that, oh, Matt Hardy shouldn't be teleporting. So then Mm -hmm. AEW is like, ah, it was just drones. You know, they're trying to calm the fans down. By the way, in that regard, AEW should have never tried to justify it. Just leave it for what it is. Moving on. Yeah,
2: just leave it. Yeah, it just leaves. Like, however, because not only did we get teleportation. Yes. We got time travel. Yes! <laughs>
1: so. <laughs> okay.
2: Where are my bobbleheads at?
1: <laughs> right? I think they were all doing what Titus did at the end. Just sitting there with the hand on their head like, what, what <laughs> did I just watch? <laughs>
2: and again, let me. Let me preface this by saying, had there been a semblance of a match at the end, mm-hmm. I would have very easily made this match of the weekend. But there wasn't, so I'm going to say this is the the highlight of yeah. the weekend.
1: I mean, okay, so I I I I loved it from start to finish. Now, Kiana hated it. She's like, "This is stupid. This is dumb." I've never seen anything thing that was stupid. Like, she, was, she hated it from Jump. She, the whole she likes time. Roman Reigns. Uh, and Ray Ray. But, you know, the whole time, like it just it was the, all I heard. But I'm like, this is amazing. Like, they, they got him, and immediately he comes out, he comes down the ramp, and you're like, oh, okay, so we're just going to get a match. Maybe it's a gimmick weapons. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the Firefly Funhouse music hits, and you're like, oh, hell, here we go. And he's teleported to the Firefly Funhouse, which was awesome. The interaction with Rambler Rabbit. Oh, look out, dude! Like, I love Rambler Rabbit. I'm stupid for these puppets. Like, it's awesome. I just love the interaction. And then he opens the door, and that's where we get to our first introduction of time travel. And we see the prototype John Cena facing yes, off. Aggression. <laughs> right, and he keeps missing the slap, <laughs> which at first I'm like, "What? Are they really?" And they just kept having a miss and miss and miss. I'm like, "Oh, so this whole segment is just to screw with John Cena's head?" I'm like, "Okay, cool. What do we do next?" Then we get to, um, we <laughs> we get to Saturday Night's main event. How how we? Time traveled back in time to when, I guess, John Cena <laughs> Johnny Large Meat. I want to know who came up with that name.
2: I don't know, but you seem to be obsessed with it. So
1: It's, it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> I don't care what you say. It's
2: hilarious. <laughs> However, you'll never be Johnny Large Meat. You'll Aww. always be Stan Small Meat.
1: You know, you've been waiting all weekend to say that, haven't you? No, they just come to me. You private little pervert. That's what you are. They just come to me. So we get to Saturday night's main event. No, I'm sorry. While we've got Cena and Bray Wyatt in the Ruthless Aggression segment, we get our first introduction to our commentators for this segment, the evil boss and Mercy the Buzzard. Mm-hmm. How much of this do you think Vince had to see first and approve? None of it. None of it? Okay. I,
2: I, all right, so I think when those two are paired together, right? hmm And they probably have both of them sit down and, well, let's figure this out. And Bray says, I've got this great idea. And John says, okay, let me hear it. And so John hears a part of it and says, oh, man, this is beautiful. I've always wanted to do one of these. And then Bray says, okay, well let's do this. And then Josh said, Well, whoa, let's try this. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying?
1: That I I totally got that vibe. Between the two of them, you could tell where they were they had to have been riffing off of each other with different yeah. ideas.
2: Okay, well that, what it, if we did
1: this too? And oh we could do that. Right.
2: Oh yeah, and this this would go over so well if mm-hmm. you know, if you think about it, well let's because they were probably let's tell a story through through time, right? Okay, let's do that. Well let's go back to ruthless aggression when you showed up. Okay. Now I'm assuming, and I don't remember, I know there it's Kurt Angle and him the first time out. Yep. I'm assuming he must go to slap Kurt or Punch Kurt.
1: Yeah, that's and, that's where I, he first does it.
2: All right, all right. So that's where the slap comes in. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Okay, well let's let's make it look like the the first time you showed up. Okay, let's do that. But then when you go to slap, duh and I'm going to keep trying to slap and you keep ducking and you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. and, then, and then Bray's like yeah 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 that's a good idea let's do this and this, this and then when they finally go to Vince they're probably like Vince let's, you're going to love it because again it's Cena and Bray right. and I think they're probably very trusted in what they want to do especially Cena
3: mm-hmm.
2: Cena's probably like Vince you're going to love it All right? we just need you to you know Give us your blessing, you'll love it. And Vince probably like, okay, all right, sounds good, pal. Uh, Go do it. And, you know, I I imagine Vince probably had very little as far as, Oh, maybe he did. Maybe he even was like, hey, uh, why don't you put the puppet in there and, you know, I'll spat out this is some good shit. (laughs) <laughs> or Whatever he yeah.
1: says. So I want—I've always wanted
2: to say that on TV. Let's let's use my puppet.
1: So we get we get to the end of the ruthless aggression segment. That's where we meet the commentators. Then we go to Saturday Night's main event, which, like I said earlier, totally popped off the couch as soon as that music hit. I'm like, oh, this is awesome! You know, I could—they could have done just dressed up as clowns, and I'd have loved it. I wouldn't have cared at that point. And then they get so Cena is pumping these barbells over and over and over and over again and then he wears his arms out and can't lift his arms so i'm like oh okay i'm really digging this he broke down his mind now he's breaking down his body cool so then we get to cena is now the doctor of thugonomics, and he can only speak to bray wyatt in rhymes i'm like oh wow now he's really screwing with him and he finally pushes cena to where cena snaps I mean, because he's taunting him and taunting him and taunting him, and it even gets to a point where Cena's trying to hit him, and he starts dodging it, and he says to Cena, "You can look, but you can't touch," and sings it into the tune of the Bella theme, which was awesome. That was a great, you know, small moment there. Um, but just watching the the segments flow from from the timeline in different places, and then ultimately we see, you know. John Cena in WCW as NWO but realistically what he's trying to do is create John Cena is like Hollywood Hogan the guy that is should have passed the torch should have given it up and he hasn't and there's Bray Wyatt who's the other half of the NWO who's on the cool side he's the guy that everybody wants to see and I was like wow they're really even for a smart fan even for a smart, they're making you think, like, like Brian mentioned and we joked about with Cena and the NWO. Literally, they're making you think through this. And I was like, "Damn, they they got a lot accomplished in a real short period of time." Because this was what fifteen minutes.
2: Mm-hmm. Why well, be something like that?
1: Yeah. I just, I liked the creativity of this. I really dug it. And you're absolutely right. It really wasn't a match per se. You know, the Fiend comes from behind, gets Cena, um, hits the mandible claw, and then there's the other Bray counting the pin. So, <laughs> Tyler O'Neill <laughs> says it, best. I have no idea what I just saw. <laughs> That's where they go from there to the WWE title match. Uh, let's see. Rob, final thoughts on Cena and The Fiend?
4: I thought it was awesome. I mean, it was <clears throat> different. And they're, at first you're watching it going, what? And then as you're saying, you know, how it's breaking down the mind, the body, and how, you know, they had, they had you know, John Cena come out, Thugonomics John Cena come out and try to bust, you know, and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't know if you saw that, where he was trying to throw some things down and it, they were just so weak, it was just like, and you could see the look on his face, like, "Oh, okay, this isn't working." And um, so I thought it was good. I mean, it was the most entertaining portion of night two.
1: I felt like this was just one of my favorites, and probably, like Brian said, the the highlight of Mania weekend. Brian, final thoughts on uh, Cena and Bray.
2: God, no! I've already gone on about the highlight. So again, if there had been a little, a little bit of wrestling involved, you know, maybe a five-minute match, I'd have been like, "That's the match of the the weekend." But you know, a mandible claw and a sister Abigail back for a mandible claw—it's the highlight, but it's the highlight.
1: And like Vince said, it's such good shit, which was great (laughs) The throw in for that. I mean, you got fans all over the world with YouTube and TikTok videos making fun of Vince saying this because apparently he says it backstage. Um, That was awesome. It was just really well done. So we go from cinematic to what should have been a major moment in wrestling history for Drew McIntyre in front of 70,000, 80,000 people. Instead, because of COVID-19, we get a major moment in wrestling history for Drew McIntyre and his career, but in front of a closed set. And thus, we get Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Um, I feel like this matchup reeked of fatigue creatively I think this was the main event And by the time they got to this match The creative crew was just beat And they're like ah let's just do this That's what I felt like I,
2: mean, I, just, I think you're making excuses
4: I mean I just felt like it was a typical Brock Lesnar match And Drew was trying to perform To The the caliber and do it and then like you said that's the letdown of being Drew McIntyre you finally accomplish your dream being the WWE champion and you're doing it at a closed set with no one watching Mm -hmm.
1: especially at the conclusion of night one where they give the uh, the 24 the chronicle of Drew McIntyre they build it and build it and build it which was probably the plan all along but yeah Brian what you got
2: so I understand it's not in front of 70,000 fans in attendance, mm-hmm. but it is still in front of millions of fans watching at home. Yep. Right? So whether there are, there's one fan in that arena or no fans or 70,000, it wasn't creative fatigue. It wasn't anything less than. I think this is a good idea. They could have put together a 15- to 20-minute match and give Drew the proper win that he deserves. So how do you build Brock Lesnar up as this monster for so long and then we're just going to... Okay, Drew, just go out there... uh, Four moves,
1: you win, over. And it wasn't even mixed up. Like, it wasn't even like, let's do some Germans, and then we'll do a couple punches and kicks, and then you can hit, like, your headbutt, and then it was F5, kick to the gut, F5, Claymore kick, one German, two Germans, another F5, (laughs) four... Freaking Claymore kicks in this. Like, when does a finish become an actual finish? Is it is it after the twelfth time you've hit it at this point? You know what,
2: uh, I mean, it, it, again, this is another chance
3: mm-hmm.
2: to, to put that cherry on top. Right. So there's nobody can say that the first night was spectacular. Right. So you. You hit the second night, and I'm assuming everything is still... This is the way the order goes, right? Right? When they're filming it, right? Other than the two cinematic matches, right? This is the lineup. This is the order. So by the end of WrestleMania, when you get to that main event, you should be at that crescendo. And I don't care... If there are fans in those seats or not, because it happens on the indie circuit more times than I can count. Right? Mm-hmm. The amount of fans probably sometimes rival the amount of cameramen and announcers they have in that place. And you literally could have put on a main event, WrestleMania main event caliber match, but you did you just was like, well, okay, I, I think this is good. Yeah. And, and it doesn't build Drew up. It doesn't make Drew look good. I don't think. It doesn't make Brock look good. I I just think it was a bad call.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just didn't get a vibe <clears throat> from this match that said we're going to culminate this journey with... It didn't have to be a classic, but with some work, you know? Just some honest-to-God work. Rob, what about you, man?
4: I mean, I, like I said before, it was a Brock Lesnar match. I haven't been a fan of Brock Lesnar forever. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and, um, you know, just... It was spot after spot. Like, it was a spot fest. You know? Yeah. And there was no dance. There was no story. It was just spot, 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 finish, boom. Okay, here we go.
2: Yeah, I mean, look at the build-up. So, this is actually, I think, a main event that I could get behind in the past few WrestleManias,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Right? Like, to me, this should have been a legit main event. Right. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Really? Um, I'm sorry. I took my – I looked it wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> but this is a legit baby bet. You've had a fairly decent build up, right? You got a couple weeks in before we went to the close set, mm-hmm. right? Why wouldn't you just have them start off for two or three minutes Just go out there and start throwing haymakers at each other.
1: Exactly, yeah. Now, I'm definitely with you on that because that would have made perfect sense. I mean, for Brock, you've been put on your ass weeks by this guy. So, the old cliche of we're going to wrestle a great match just doesn't make sense to me. And Uh, then, you know, the let's throw haymakers like let's throw finishers is what I mean. That doesn't make any sense because, well, it didn't work with, Ro- with Rock and Cena Part 2. Why would it work now? And you've got two guys that are capable of so much more. Look, I get it. Right. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute clinic, but damn, something better than that.
4: It's like they got to the point And, you know, we've seen it before when it comes to main events and different pay-per-views matches and matches at different pay-per-views. It's like the wrestlers go out. And it's like right before they went out, they were told, all right, you got five minutes to get this shit over with. You know, and it's just yeah. like they went out and they're like, all right, spot, spot, done. Ah, we had our match. Here's your WrestleMania moment for no one, Drew McIntyre.
1: Right, right. And and I want to say this. I am a huge fan of Drew McIntyre. I wasn't convinced on him when his first round came around, but when he hit the Indies, went to Impact, and then made his way back, it was like, Damn. This, this guy is legit. He's not just, you know, the three-man band. So his journey has been legitimately the most intriguing out of all the ones we've seen recently. And now, you know, to see him go in there with Lesnar and, you know, it's it already sucks that he can't have the fans there live. That sucks, truly. But Brian's right. I mean, you've got millions around the world watching this matchup. You owe it to these fans, to all of us as fans, your viewers, the people that pay to watch this, whether it's 10 bucks or 60 bucks, depending on what night you bought, or 120 You owe it to those fans to make sure you're delivering an entertaining and compelling product. And I just don't find F5 after F5, followed by four Claymore kicks, to be entertaining or compelling. It's just not.
4: Nope.
2: Yeah, so... To follow kind of what you said for me. So I think Drew is one of the better champions you've had in a long time. Definitely. Right? I, I think everything about him says that he deserves that title. From, again, three man, the, what, three man band, whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. To, uh, leaving and instead of rolling over, making a name for himself. Coming back, going in, you know, getting his moment at the Royal Rumble, main event, WrestleMania, and this is what you get.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: and I think, and I like him. And I like Brock, too. And that's, I think, what kind of really maybe upsets me about all this.
1: You like Brock?
2: Oh, yeah, I like Brock. I I think Brock is a very strong, bad guy character. I don't like him as champ, but I like him as his character, right? So I like I like I like that about Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I watched that show about Drew after night one, and I couldn't turn it off. Right? I just literally could not turn it off, and I think it's kind of fitting that towards the end of that show he talks about. Uh, a Drew moment or whatever it was right, right. you know oh yeah this is this is how it is for me you know this is this is a Drew moment you know everything about, you know he talks about it <laughs> everything throughout his career mm-hmm. yeah, this is just because I'm Drew this is a cosmic you know influence that <laughs> right right he just wants to hose Drew down you know and I think I, you know again give him his due Mm-hmm. Give him his moment. Not a, a, a seven move or ten move, whatever it was, match. I don't. I don't think that. I, I mean, I'd almost be pissed off if I was Drew. Oh, this is- if you uh, haven't watched
4: Raw, I'd be pissed off if I was him too. Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean he's he's getting a bigger match out of the Big Show than he did the World Champion.
1: He's getting an actual match out of the Big Show. That's that's what really pisses me off here. Look, if the Big Show were to win the title, God forbid, but if he did, at least the matchup they're having right now makes sense. In the moment. There's been no buildup, so we're not talking about that. But I'm saying this is an actual wrestling matchup that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could have very easily, who was it, Randy Orton, that mm-hmm. Brock just... Went to town on and split him open. Yeah, Randy, you could have had a moment like that. Had Brock attack him before the before the bell rings, and split them open. Yep. You know, and then the you know Drew. Oh, you know, can he go? They wipe it off. He, the match starts, and, and you know, then we started getting a little fisticuffs. But no, we. Had, I, I I don't know. I guess that's why I'm so. Um, I sound so offended because to me you did offend me. Well,
1: and I, I mean, think that there's a lot of fans that would agree with you.
2: Yeah, And it, it, it is not that I don't I don't know. This is weird. But to me, you offended me because you didn't give him his due. If mm-hmm. that, that makes sense, it's not that you offended me personally. It's that for whatever reason, this is a guy that that for. In a long time you, you can actually believe it Right so Well you're offended just, For
1: Drew You know what I mean Yeah, yeah
2: There
1: you go And, and it, that makes perfect sense It is It is Because how often Does wrestling pull you in Like that Where you're offended yeah. For Not maybe Daniel Bryan I don't even know Daniel Bryan for me I mean it's been A long
2: time Since I've been Like behind a guy Yeah You know Like, like legit Like you know, I'm offended because right. Yeah, he won, but you didn't give him The match he deserves You know, you didn't give him his moment You gave him his moment, but not his moment Right, right <laughs> It's kind of weird
1: So, as we get towards the close of Raw and the close of the show here Because we've definitely gone over time Let me ask you guys something So let's say and, and of course, none of us really know what the future holds But let's say SummerSlam is coming up And, and we've got our first major event With crowds, right? Would it make sense to you to have the big show or someone else beat Drew and then to have Drew have to work his way back up? Oh, we almost had that story come to fruition. To work his way back up only to win it at SummerSlam in front of people.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, I hate I hate the, the one-night title range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's got it. I mean, whether the crowds are in attendance or not, the crowds are, you know, the the people are behind them. So I, I, I think I'd much rather see a decent buildup with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, a, a proper match maybe at SummerSlam. I don't want to see Drew and Brock no more. Not right now, anyway.
1: Yeah, I think um, if if anything, they could save that for next year.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of spoiled
4: on it right now.
1: Rob, what do you think?
4: I mean, I agree. I mean, it's just they had a chance to tell a story, they didn't tell the story. They showed us the end, the beginning and the end, but there was no middle. You know. It's like when you watch a TV show and you see the beginning; they do all the, they do all this build up, and it's like, "boop," and it's over in ten minutes. Yeah, you're like, "What? What the hell just happened here?" Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to figure out what just happened here with this whole thing. Like, why? But whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the whole thing is with everything going on in the world. I think WrestleMania was just kind of like. This is going to be a car crash. We can't we don't want to watch but we can't turn away. Right. And I'm, it had some good moments. It had so it had, I think it had more good moments than bad moments. Mm-hmm. Um had some very interesting moments and entertaining moments. Mm-hmm. And like every WWE fan is, normally we'd say can't wait to see Raw, but we just watched Raw and well, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: um you know, like, who knows what the world, what what's going to happen.
1: Right, exactly. That's the that's the million-dollar question, what's going to happen next. To close out the show here, Raw After Mania is done. Uh, call-ups for Raw After Mania, the Oney Lorcan and Danny Burch, Bianca Belair, possibly Deanna Perrazzo, but I think maybe it was just more just to give uh, Nia Jax a moment or a match. Um, but those are the call-ups that we know of for the moment. Outside of that, um, not really much else, except the Big Show and Drew McIntyre giving a better matchup than Brock and Drew. Um, WrestleMania, Night 2. Let's go ahead and close out the show with this, guys. Let's give our grade for a Night 2. And any final thoughts? So, let's see. I did Brian last time. So, Rob, you're first.
4: What? What? Grade, grade for night
1: two and final thoughts. Grade on for May.
4: night two, I would say grade for night two with the fun, Firefly Funhouse. And the, you know, I would say B minus C C. I mean, I'd mm. probably say a C, you know, I mean, a, okay. g- a good solid C. There we go.
1: Okay. Any final thoughts on Mini overall?
4: Um, for what it was the only thing that I missed from Mania was the thing we all knew was going to be missing from Mania was the pomp and circumstance, the fanfare you know the stuff that they've are they always been good at um, they gave the fans something to watch you know, they gave two nights of wrestling that each night had something entertaining that kept you there mm-hmm. um, and this too shall pass and we will have our same WWE pay per views that we 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 finished going. Now we see why it's included in the in the package. But um, for now, it was it was all right.
1: And you can catch up with Rob on social media at RDHUWP on Instagram. Brian, great night too. Final thoughts on Mania. Uh,
2: first, I'd like to start off by asking Rob what he's been drinking. Uh, um, uh, that almost sounded like some drunken rant that Steve Austin would give. I'm not quite sure what he was talking about there. You know tell me later. Give me a Maybe I'm you? just tired.
1: You're you know, tired.
2: has been a long WrestleMania weekend. Two nights. Really? Could have done it in one. I think. Five hours. Didn't need all the matches. With my
1: stuff. What's <laughs> you? Think? <laughs> I was messing with her puzzle board. She's like, "Quit playing with my stuff." Oh. <laughs>
2: uh, I give yeah, but I I'd, I'd actually give night two a B, kind of going to B plus. Okay. Um, I actually enjoyed night two, other than a few spots. I think there were more good things than bad. Um.
3: Okay.
2: What's your
1: She's she agreed with you. She said, "Okay." I <laughs> well, um, think she agrees. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, yeah. I, this I fan think finally agreed to take the trash bad. out. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, more good than bad.
1: So you said B, maybe even B plus. Interesting.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You can catch up with Brian on social media at strcp21 on Twitter, Brian Taylor on Facebook. He is the professor we know as Dickweed. Uh, uh, night two. I'd give it. I'd probably agree with Brian. B to B plus. I think that's a fair assessment. Night two is definitely better than night one. Um, there was a mo- more cohesive feel to it. It just gelled better. Um, and I mean, hey, the Firefly Funhouse you can't can't create that well. Um. So yeah, that definitely made it big. I would say this WrestleMania without a crowd. Just man, what a challenge. Uh, I couldn't imagine putting a show together like that. But I feel like um, a debt of gratitude is owed, at least just for trying to entertain us, the masses. Um, Yeah, well, there's tons of stuff that we would have liked to have seen done differently. We're fans. That's what we do. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like Rob said, all of this is going to pass. And when it does, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be grateful to have what we have. And then to be able to move forward and hopefully see the continued growth of companies like AEW and WWE, perhaps with NXT. So we're going to keep our hopes on uh, the future. So you can catch up with me on Twitter at STR. That's Brian on Twitter. What am I doing? That's the <laughs> You want to be like Brian. <laughs> and the show, of course, is at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, Corner to Corner Show on Facebook, and C2CRadioshow.com. That's going to do it for the triple threat here. Real quick.
2: Anybody out there from the WWE that happens to be listening, turn out the lights. The only lights I need are for the ring. I think that's why AEW pulls this off better than the WWE.
1: Agreed. And WWE definitely learned that lesson as far as filming how they filmed from the crowd shot to how they're filming it now. Definitely Mm -hmm. saw them take a lot from what Dynamite's doing right. Continue to do that, man. There's nothing wrong with learning from competitors. And guys, again, turn off the lights. Exactly. Turn them off. Have a great night, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay safe. We'll talk to you on Sunday. C2C out. See ya.
2: So, so you did all that yourself? You didn't
0: robbed
1: or made enough? Uh, didn't have a chance to say bye. Let me it's still question,
4: I don't want you, huh? right, he doesn't want Rob, do you want to say bye? I'm fine. I'm fine. Rob doesn't want to say bye to you. Brian doesn't want to say bye to you. I'll say bye to the world. I'll say bye to Brian. Brian, thank you for a wonderful night. Fans, it's a wonderful night. Let's have some fun. Oh my goodness. Wait a minute.
1: Did you just not thank me for a wonderful night?
4: Did you put thank your on? Thank you, waxing? Kiana, for letting him talk. <laughs> <laughs> thank
1: you, Kiana, for letting him talk. What the hell?
0: everybody <laughs> it's a baby take a hand it's a baby